All right, Chili Chill. Yes, sir. Here we go. Just tell me if I get too loud or, you know? I got you. Street gospel, light of the temple. Short swing, kill alive from the ghetto. The hood messenger, let him know hell's close. Black burial, the devil in a black cloak. Street gospel, light of the temple. Short swing, kill alive from the ghetto. The hood messenger, let him know hell's close. Black burial, the devil in a black cloak. Yo, what is up? I want to welcome you to the Street Gospel Podcast. I'm your host, Dave One. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Who does he have today? Well, we got a lot of different people. I know a lot of people out there were tripping out. They were trying to pigeonhole the show. Right, Cam? They were trying to pigeonhole the show a little bit. Um, they were saying, you know, who are you going to have? You're going to have some politicians. You're going to have some testimonies. You're going to have some cool people, hip-hop, whatever. I'm having it all. That's it. Me and Camel decided if we were going to do a podcast, it was just going to be good stories. So once again today... We got a good story. I mean, I can't complain. So we're just going to get into this podcast, and I want to introduce this guy. He's been around for a minute. I think uh, I first seen him back in the day. Him and his brother were rapping, and uh, I said, who are these dudes, man? They were claiming uh, Anaheim, OC, pretty big. (laughs) He's a father, number one, a husband, son of God, a pastor. A musician, a rapper, a motorcycle enthusiast. I'll just call it like that, all right? Oh, we'll, that's we'll, good. We'll get into it a that's little bit. safe. <laughs> but a good brother I, I had the opportunity of meeting and getting to know. I mean, we've been around the same circles for a long time. So I want everybody out there to give it up for my man, Chill. Yay, yay. Chill Aguilar. What up? What's cracking, bro? <laughs> What's cracking, bro? <laughs> thanks for having me, man. Hey, man, thanks for making the drive out here. I know it was a little bit of a mission. It's a little bit from the Hollywood area to here, right? you know, but I do things for brothers, you know. You support brothers who supported you over the years, and you've always shown up and supported and been, you know, right, cool dude, you know. we we uh, I've seen you guys. Mm-hmm. I, I did a little bit of music back in the day. Yeah, was, I remember. You know, and I would see you guys. I think the, the first time I really was paying attention – was uh, I would watch Channel Forty, TBN, and they, yeah, and they had they had a, a video show. I forgot what it was called. G Rock, G Rock, yeah, like right? skateboarding, kind of yeah. like MTV. So they they played rock music, and I had that's a little, all they played. I had a little band. I remember. So we'd 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 be watching it, and we'd be hating. You know, oh, we're better than that band. <laughs> yeah. We should Rob Laver. We're better than that uh, band. We sure. should be on there. Pod was on there, and I would be like, man, they're dope. I, I had props for Pod. Yeah, and then I would see. A video, and it was a bunch of dudes mixed, all look rowdy, bikers, cholos, in the backyard, mm-hmm. you and your brother rapping on the roof, jumping yeah. off the roof into the pool. <laughs> I think you jumped in the pool, I don't right? think I did, but somebody, somebody did. jumped in the we pool. We pushed somebody off the roof. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, who are these dudes? And I, you know, I, I, I remember the little hook. It was like, set free, set free. And everybody was, and I was like, oh, these dudes are dope. And then uh, you weren't hating. I I wasn't hating. Okay, cool. honest to God, I was just like, I'm glad to hear that. I, I was thinking in my head, how are these guys getting on Channel 40? They're on G Rock. G Rock only plays rock, but these dudes are on there. Yeah, I mean that was to me that crazy was, story. Yeah. And then I remember seeing, I don't know if it was an article, uh, I don't know what it was, but I think it was, um, what was it? 
I seen that you guys, you and your brother MJ, went to Iraq and performed for the yeah, for the like troops, Channel right? Seven or some or OC Register or something. And I you was know. like, what the heck? I was like, who are these dudes? How do they get over? I would love to play for the troops. And I was yeah. like, and I remember like trying to Google it. And Back I, then there wasn't much Google. I know. I was like, what? What? How did they do that? So I don't know, man. But we've been around the same circles. I, I appreciate you coming in. Um, show. I think we reconnected at a at a Calvary. You went out there. Yeah, about seven up. years ago, maybe. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Then you came out to to our church and 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 performed, did some worship. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, enough. What's up with you, man? I I, I first <laughs> of all, you're a busy guy now, and you have a couple businesses. <laughs> some like that. Father, husband. First, yeah. And you uh, and you got your church. So so, what's up with the businesses? You know, so I got involved with a guy and like, uh, we just basically, it's called Melrose Recovery and we just help people. You know, my sister started a company with them and, uh, I kind of joined in and, you know, kind of just brought my flavor, uh, where we're just helping, uh, people that are dealing with substance abuse. Uh, so, um, not dual diagnosis people that have, but these are people that have alcohol or drug dependency. Um, and they're just struggling. Most of them are just broken and struggling, looking for help. You know what I mean? Coming from different states. So it's a private pay, um, not government funded or nothing like that. It's, you know, it's straight. Um, we have homes. Uh, and so if they come, they mean business because they got Yeah, pay. they're paying a lot of money to be right. there. And we take okay. care of them, babysit them, and kind of encourage them, get them back to life. And then uh, give them the, you know, the tools, which they're coming. They don't know. We don't call ourselves a Christian facility. Like, oh, we're, you know, going to just Jesus Christ and beans and rice. It ain't the old days, like (laughs) in the 80s and 90s, like with my dad, you know, it's more um, private pay, professional. You know, they we give them medication and stuff. They need to get off some of the drugs and stuff like that. Because some people, they're struggling super hard or, you know, it's just not that easy. Like the old days when you tell the homie, like, hey, you're shooting, you know, they shoot heroin. You throw them in the garage. You're like, here's a bucket. And throw up for the next week, you know, Oof. deal with it, homie. Yeah. Either cold, that or cold turkey. Yeah. I always said when we were getting sober, where we were going through is either you get sober in the garage, you know, throwing it up or you go to jail. You know what I mean? <laughs> Only two ways we'd have insurance. You know what I mean? Medi-Cal didn't, uh, you know, no. didn't pay for this type of treatment. No. So we have nice big homes and, you know, we have people that, you know, come in and they stay for about 30 to 40. They fall in love with our team and because we share Jesus with them, you know what I mean? So we don't, they're not supposed, you're not supposed to, like you're supposed to keep it pretty, you know, yeah. Don't bring religion into it or whatever that right. is, but we can't help. You can't stop it. So we basically bring them part of the family, make them part of That's the gang. Dope. They never want to go home. You That's know what dope. I mean? And they change their lives. And uh, I've never seen so many deaths in this young generation. Right. Uh, I, I knew some heroin addicts over the years who overdosed and they lived. And some even my dad, you know, he was a heroin addict back in the seventies. Right. He's still alive kicking, you know? So and he's I, 73. I, think, I think those days it was, it was like a, you know, a dirty thing, you know, I, I think it was, a, you had to be in the hood or you had to be tattoos, you know, and, yeah, and, and now head. you're probably getting kids that are just like come from great families and oh, they yeah, just get you addicted. I mean, you know, Opie Taylor's, you know what I mean? You wouldn't even think you'd be like, I can't believe this kid's a drug addict. I mean, people, they look at me and they think I'm the guy, even still this day, a bunch of Karens will look at me and be like, Hey, he's, you know, this guy's probably doing drugs or slanging drugs. And right. I'm laughing because the kid's with me, the little, you know, innocent looking white kid or, you know, a little kid from wherever is from Oklahoma. He's the one who's a he's hardcore dopey. Yeah. So a lot of them are just lonely. They're broken. They're lost. I always say that drugs and alcohol are just the symptoms that ain't the real problem. Right. The real problem, it's a heart condition. Right. And when your heart's jacked up and you have no direction, your parents don't, you know, they're working all the time. You know, uh, it, it isn't just rich kids that come in. We have some, but it's basically just parents that work hard and they just have no time for the kids or they can't handle their kids. And, you know, it's like everybody just wants to be a part of something. I don't care if you're in the Midwest, if you're in Europe. They come from all over and they just right. they want to be a part of I, A lot of them, it's not even the 
the addiction. That's the problem. It's a heart condition. And we start telling them about God and how God changed my life or their life. They're like, wow, I relate to these people, you know? So I think the biggest thing is it was kind of like what we've been doing for decades, helping people for free. Yeah. Yeah. So now we actually, you know, get a, you know, right. pay to do it. And we don't have to use the church card or be like, oh, this is a Jesus recovery. Right. It's like, nah, this is like, you want help. We're going to help you first. Right. And then we're going to tell you about a man on Calvary who saved our lives and changed us. But that may not be your thing. You may not, you know, believe in that. And a lot of them don't believe in God or a lot of them been hurt by church. Sure. A lot of them. Sure. So that's why they turned to alcohol or drugs to, right. to numb the pain. I mean, or, I, had, I had a guy on, on recently, you know, and that's what he talked about. I was tripping out because he was hurt. His family, that's all they did was be saved. His mom ended up falling, and then he just steamrolled with a bunch of other church guys Yeah, and got addicted and got all messed up, man. So it was it was a lot of church hurt, yeah. a lot of things, man. Addiction but, has – the addiction, uh, it's a new face now of addiction. In our day, it's like, okay, addiction's an old, you know, get high, cholo dude. It looks right? all, you know, old school dude, you know, from the pinta who's all tatted up and, like, you know, looks like a dope fiend. And yeah. He's probably the guy. Now it's not like that no more. It's that, that you know, kid, that uh, uh, suburban America kid who Looking you're like, yeah. Something. And, bro, I've never seen in this business, we've had a lot of success, but I've never seen so many deaths from this thing called fentanyl. Uh, it's it's yeah. 50 times more potent than heroin. I mean, we're talking about uh, music and you yeah. and music, but uh, Mac Miller. Yeah, wasn't that with the, the yeah Mac the, Miller, the uh, freaking uh, the one guy you know just died, uh, Juice World, all those guys are fentanyl, some type of uh, some types of uh, benzos, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but it's glorified, like kids, you know, that's all they hear. It's like it's what they're hearing in every song, and every it's just it, it hypes them up to think that you know that that's the real life. In reality, right. that's not real life. You, right. So I tell you, I seen kids who just got high, you know, they leave us after you know 40, 50 days of doing great. They go back, they're ready to go back home and. One, I mean, just one little, like, you know, fingernail sniff what, of that What's the fentanyl. success rate, bro? Realistically, for bro, for, I, for I, a kid, 20-year-old kid, maybe been hooked on drugs for a couple years, comes to your facility. And this is not to talk bad about your facility. This is, this is reality, this is real right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, when they come to your facility, are you automatically thinking, like, okay, he, it's it's a given that he's going to just have a, a, a mistake there and he's going to go back? Bro, you know... Do, I know that, do, sound, that do, sounds no, so... That's a great question. That but, sounds but, so but, negative. But my but being in ministry and with my dad and him helping people over the last 40-some years, um, I've been really good. You know, they have dudes who are prophets in the church and dudes who, like, call out, hey, you're going to get a million dollars, or hey, your sure. marriage is probably going to have drama. Oh, okay, that's right. deep. You know, I want a word, prophetic word, they call it. I call it pathetic word sometimes, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which I believe in prophetic word, but I'm saying sometimes people think they're going to give a pathetic word and tell you what, you know, what you're like, oh, yeah, you just got married, you're probably going to have a kid soon. Ooh, oh. I, I'm good at that, but in, yeah. I'm a street therapist, so I do it good in the streets and in the right. real real life, you know what I mean? Not right. between the four, the church, you know? And I can see a kid right when they walk in and tell you if they're going to last. Really? 95% of the time. What are you seeing? What, are, what, what, what I see? Yeah. Oh, I could already tell by when we pick them up from the airport, and I could tell that they, if they don't really want to be there or they're mad or they're looking for dope still or they're trying to – they talk to our doctors. Doing we have, it to satisfy their parents. Yeah, we, yeah parents. We have uh, – uh, and this, remember, there's a few cases that I've been shocked. Uh, the kids that you thought were going to be the worst end up being the best. And that's always – that's like all of us. We're one, I'm one of those guys. So the um, – Biggest thing is you could always tell because we have uh, uh, we have LVNs and we have uh, MDs who work on you know and we have doctors and everybody that work at our right. facility like real real deal people, um, and so 
they end up talking to them and they, they're asking for more meds that, you know, they're just, I could tell, I can look in their eyes. I, I always tell people that I have good, I have great intuition. I yeah. know who I am and I, I know who they are. Right. Yeah. Christians call it discernment. I call right. it intuition. Like yeah. I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a street guy. So I get it. Like yeah. I can tell, I could be in a room with somebody for one minute and their energy already, you know, presents. Right. I already know what they feel. I already know that it's probably going to be drama. Uh, they're usually mad at everybody. They're usually blaming everybody. They come in just very, you know, so you showing up today. For me, says something big about me, man. Yeah, you got good energy. Yeah, you got good energy. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? I'm the like, same way, bro. I, I gotta, I gotta connect. When when I first met you, I was like, this guy's for real. Yeah. There's no, there's no pitter patter. Yeah, no, I'm not for everybody. Yeah, I already know that, I know and that. I stopped trying to like fit into that a long time I, ago. I feel you on that uh, because I saw how my dad was, and I saw that like. He wanted to be part of a team most of his life, but the reality is, you know, just it's, he didn't fit in good with the team. He had to make so, his own. So just for everybody that don't know, Chill Aguilar is the son of Phil Aguilar. Yeah, Phil Aguilar Pastor Phil, yeah, Chief. is Pastor Phil, Chief. You've seen him Maybe on Channel 40. I mean, he. I was laughing because I've seen a lot of I, – I've seen your dad through the years. Yeah, was, he's old it was, school. It was the – Pompadour. Yeah, he it was, was a, It was the long hair. Yeah. Now he's like. He got wilder and wilder. You know what I mean? As I know. he broke out of the church. Because remember, he, he got saved in prison in the 70s, right? right? So when he went there, he was, you know, hardcore, you know, dopey. You know what I mean? And he was just, just gangster. I mean, he didn't, he didn't want to roll. He, he was gangster enough where he didn't want to roll with the Mexicans. He didn't want to roll with the whites. Yeah. He was like, I want to be at the front of the line. I want to eat first. That right. was my dad. He's a he's that guy. He couldn't take orders good. He couldn't hold up a wall good. He's kind of like a coconut, you know what yeah. I mean, from Orange County. So he was always getting himself in trouble or drama, right? Right. Karate black belt to try to get out of drama, but then make him more tougher and crazy. But just stole from his family, did everything you could think of. You know, any testimony you hear, he did it. Uh, And when he got to prison in the early 70s, you know, he had a radical transformation where, you know, not this gang member guy, not this ex-cholo or ex-biker, all this. That guy didn't lead him to the Lord. It was a short, chubby, white old guy. Who just shared the love of Jesus? You know what I mean. That's, and, that's, and he that's gave usually how it happens. Yeah, man. and he gave his life to Jesus in prison, and you know, like in uh, Chino State Prison back in the days. If you're old school, you know where that is. And, so, um, so I re- going back to that. I read uh, a little article about your dad early on how he got saved. So he said, and like you said, he was always like a leader. Uh, did his own thing. He said he got saved with two uh, two other guys. Yeah, you got it. And then the homies came, asked the first guy. Hey, is that legit? Yeah, you mean in business? Because pri- in prison, you, if, if you get saved, they're okay. They're, you got to play the politics, but you got to be for real if you yeah, say that you're you, a Christian. Yeah, they'll give you a pass. They'll give but you a if they hear you pass. over there talking about people and bad right. mouthing, kind of, you know, I think that would, I kind of like that for the church now. We should have that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you get checked. You know what I mean? So like, I love about that about that. your dad. Yeah. Because he, he said, that the first guy they asked, and the guy's like, nah, that wasn't for real. Yeah, he denied I, was just, it. I was lying. Josh and the preacher, or whatever. And he said. asked your dad, and your dad was like, no, I was legit. I'm, I'm serving yeah, Jesus. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? You That's know, because he's freshly saved. Right. You know, he don't know. He's thinking, I got to knuckle up with this guy, you know, because they're, they're, you know, some right. dudes approached him. And yeah, from then on, from then on, he looked, he was looking like a 10 years. And from then on, he said, Jesus, I'll stay in here as long as you want me to stay in here. And he was excited. My mom and him were like not married at the time. And she's like, you don't want to come home. He's like, I want to, but if God wants me to be here, I'm going to do this and I'm going to serve the Lord. And he would eat the quiche or whatever, tasting nasty, the food and say it was like the greatest. He was praising God at like midnight in his cell. And people were like, this guy's nuts. But he had a, you know, uh, yeah. come to Jesus moment. You know what I mean? Uh, um, you know, Saul to Paul. You know what I mean? The right. scales were lifted from his eyes. And he had this radical thing that happens when we first get saved, you know, right. and, and God just changes you. So from then on, yeah, he started, you know, uh, he from then just 
God got him out early, you know what I mean? Cause you're serving the Lord. You end up, you know, being a janitor there and just like, you know, doing everything that's not cool to the homies, to right. us, to our culture right. that we think is cool or, you know, when we were growing yeah. up and, uh, you know, didn't hang with the, with the, with, I always say he didn't hang no more with the people at the back of the class. The right. people at the back of the class, my homies growing up, we were always in the back of the class joking. We didn't learn nothing. That's why God always made me repeat the class a lot of times in life because I never was learning. I always just kept on talking and doing this and wanted to be, you know. Right. So he had to, like, leave that crowd and not, you know, realize that, you know, now he's part of God's kingdom. And he's, you know, and he started reading the Bible when, you know, how they get hungry. All he did was eat and drink the Bible, you know. It was like milk, you know. So when he got out, he started... Set for, with a, with a, with well, we started a Baptist church, yeah. A like Baptist, I don't right? know the name, which, but. which is crazy to us too, because I mean, oh, he was a straight, yeah, he's he gangster. Went, to be Baptist and to be a biker and stuff that was unheard of. Yeah, you know, he was just doing right? what he was taught from his pastor in church. I always say that uh, we're like dumb sheep, you know what I mean? And we follow the leader. If the pat, we get saved, we're excited, we go to church, we just we want to do what we're told to do right. because we've been doing our own thing for a while, which was cool. Yeah. I mean, in those days, I mean, you you'd come with the three piece suit. It was yeah, unheard of to go to church. It was you know? discipline for him. It he was. needed it. Right. You know, the pastor told him, "Hey, you need to like be humble. You can't sell drugs, and you got to get a real job, and all this stuff that he never did before. So he needed that that stuff in his life. So he went to uh, seminary school. He went to Jerry Falwell's like you know some Baptist college he has he had in the west coast and he became you know straight uh, I guess he just he knew everything he was against now they taught him like right. you couldn't go in the water if there's another woman in the water at the beach we couldn't watch Christian TV all that stuff and we were just little kids at the straight, time straight strict yeah straight strict and but it was good for him because it's a guy who had no rules had no boundaries and hurt a lot of people in life so he needed that right. he wanted to follow every he, he was one of those guys who believed everything the bible said he didn't pick and choose the right. scripture he's gonna follow. He was hardcore, right. so he just followed lead, followed the lead with his pastor. So yeah, he did that, and then they he started bringing homeless people to church to the church there because he thought he read the Bible saying like feed the homeless, clothe you know clothe the needy, and so he started doing that. And then, so you were were you, were you born into the church or were you? Oh, I was born on a pew. Okay, yeah. So you were yeah. So I was you, were you know yeah. I was, I was like yeah. Cam. He's yeah. Thirty nine years you know you know uh, born you know on um, forty now. So but so that's that's months. all you knew for. For a lot of part of your life, bro. That's all I knew was Jesus Christ and beans and rice, and you know what I mean, and like uh, help people, and you know show up to church, lift your hands, you know what I mean, like right. just uh, I just followed the trend. That was our culture, you know. And so in in 1982, well, they kicked him out of that church, like in a love, you know, brother, like you know, anytime somebody says, hey, uh, God got a word for you, or hey, I need to pray with you, God's been. Uh, anytime somebody tells you that, you already know. Something's about to be on and cracking, like you're getting fired or you're getting kicked out of the church. There's gonna be some bad news. What? Why do they kick him out? Uh, because he started bringing homeless people to the church, ah. and they they were smelling, and they were doing drugs in the bathroom. And this is a, this is a Baptist okay. conservative church. You know how great they are. You know, I mean, kind of like some churches are to this day, which is it had True. you know a lot of them are. And they said he says, "Well, I thought we we're supposed to help these people." And my dad was making a little money there. They made him. A, my dad's like a, he's been a gang leader, been a biker leader. He can he can build things, right? He's good at it. Yeah. So they knew he had a great bring. He was bringing all his brothers and every. He, he got everybody saved. He got his sisters, his father in law. He's a soul. Winner. He's a soul winner, man. Yeah. yeah he, I mean that's the way to sum sum him up that guy's a soul winner and, and he and yeah he, he has this uh gift of just helping people man like better than anybody till this day he could just go into anywhere he's at and just people want to be around him and they want to hear and he shares he can share jesus with them and right. they bring him to the lord so yeah he basically um started they kicked him out like hey we love you we're with you to the end brother this is the end like get your <laughs> get your bible you know he had still three piece had a big glass were you on. around then yeah i was like i was like a baby uh just born one or two so i was so just a little baby it's your older brother Geronimo. Yeah, who wasn't you, you around. Got a sister too. Yeah, he wasn't around. Geronimo so I was Geronimo's the oldest. Then I got an older brother, uh, MJ. MJ. And then I got a, uh, and then and then and then it goes me. 
And then it goes my sister, sister Trina. Right? Yeah. yeah okay. And then I got a little brother named Rock. Well, oh, okay. Hebrew, but they call him Rock. And uh, he's the youngest. Okay, and I don't so, know. yeah, you haven't probably met him yet. Uh, and then, so, and Geronimo was from my dad's first wife. Um, okay. When it, before you saved, you know what I mean. Um, so it's it. You guys were just ingrained in the church. That was it. Oh, it was every morning. Just up. my dad's. A, you know, my dad does every. He, you know, he's he has that addiction, uh, addictive personality. We call it. So he's addicted. He and he got addicted right. to the ministry. And I always tell people, yeah, back then that's all we knew. I mean, now I tell people, yeah, you can be so addicted to the ministry, you forget about your family sure. and your people. People think, well, I'm doing the Lord's work. So I think he got very addicted to it, and it was good. It kept him uh, out of trouble and out of you know gangs and all that stuff, and going the wrong way. And he just sometimes those pe- type of people have to have that addiction. Right, and and they know, and they know that they have to have, they have to stay busy. If they don't stay busy, they don't, they just get distracted, and something else might come their way. Yeah, my dad knew. He knew, like, hey, I gotta, I gotta do this full. I, I either gotta serve the Lord full time, or I'm gonna be getting. I can't. He couldn't walk two lines. He couldn't. Well, you know, he ain't Johnny Cash. He couldn't walk the line. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, he was just threw himself in ministry one way. Yeah, and right from then, he took people in his home. The first guy we had in our home, I think I was like four years old, and my mom said that um. She 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 called my dad. He was at work, you know, uh, and and because uh, he was still working. Because Sefri was just getting off the ground. He rented like a little. So te- Sefri, did he did he start it? Did you guys already know once he got the boot out of that church? Yeah, he knew. He, the pastor said it's time for you to call. You know, do your go own do thing. your own thing. Whenever they tell you that, hey brother, I think it's time. Because I mean, he he got saved. He went to Bible college, so he, he knew what he was talking about. Yeah, he knew the word. He, right? he still, he, to this day, is one of the best Bible. Yeah. They like to, people like to, uh, over the years, some, you know, churchy pastors who think they're smart, like to say, like, oh, he doesn't, you know, teach people. I'm like, dude, that guy's one of the best teachers of the Bible you'll ever meet. He just works with a lot of people where you ain't going to give them the meat, but you ain't going to give babies right. meat right away. You got to start with some milk. You know what I mean? So yeah. he just knows how to be. I mean, he's a great mentor. You know what I mean? The guy Filthy from Corn. he's taught that guy about the Bible for the last like 10 years. You know what I mean? Right. That guy's a super smart guy, not the Bible, you know? So, I mean, he's gang members out, whatever it is. He's helped people. So he knows. What, I mean, I oh mean, yeah, he he'll knew. school anybody. Yeah, yeah. On Bible. Cause he, cause remember he got, went through college and did all that. He did it the real way. Not like, Oh, we're going to, you've right. been serving at the church or you're, you know, churches do, Hey, you get right. your, you're going to get your little uh, Kinko's, you know, copy that anybody can make online. Right. And we're going to make you a pastor. You know what I mean? Now he went through the hard knocks of like being, you know, Brown, you know, with all white dudes at a college being, you know, prejudice was back then. You know what I mean? And being like, you know, no money, barely could survive. And, just so hustle. your dad started doing the home thing, getting people right away, home, right away, helping them. How did it start? The first guy he ever brought in, I was telling you, yeah. the first thing my mom calls and says that back to the story is uh, the guy's pulling his teeth out with a, um, with a, you know, like a rent pliers. Like pliers. Yeah. That's, you know, pulling all his teeth out in the backyard and he's supposed to be doing like gardening work. And so, I mean, that's the first experience we had with like, okay, oh, this nice. is like real serious. And my mom, of course, is me and my brother were the first, you know, two born, uh, MJ, my older brother and me. So we were just like little babies pretty much raising it. And then my sister came along, but yeah, he just started, he built from within. So I have more kids. He says, he always tells people the best way to build the church. I did is just had a bunch of kids and then they have grandkids. <laughs> and, and, um, so then my, got all his family saved. Yeah. He has six, uh, five brothers, one sister, I believe, or four brothers, one sister, something like that. And then every day start bringing their kid, you know, just it became all family. And then he got, he rented a, um, he's a hustler, so he didn't have no money, but he, he started putting ads for like karate lessons, you know, okay. he's a karate, you know, he's a black, he, belt. He's a black belt. Yeah. And, um, and so he started like charging people to come and then he met a few people and they fell in love with him as a ministry. You know, he has this thing about him. He has a great charisma. He's a great, uh, 
uh, a great uh, he has this presence where he's like man yeah communicator uh, they I always tell people they say why do you guys how do you help so many people all these years I said because the Aguilars they relate to our brokenness people do they're comfortable with us right. there's no judgment they don't you know and uh, and so that's what how he had a great way of sharing the word of God in a new cool fashion yeah not this old school because he's kind of he was still real uh, he still called himself Set Free Baptist Church when it started. Okay. So he was trying to be Baptist and roll with the gang. But in Orange County, they started telling him, like, hey, bro, you got to take the Baptist off. Yeah. You're more uh, free-spirited, more... Especially in Orange County it? back in Pentecostal. those days, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, Orange County, you know, he's in Anaheim. They used to call it Clanaheim, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's still pretty... Disneyland, you know, is pretty much runs right. that place. So long story short so, about him, he did so, that. He started Set Free in 82, and from then, dude, it just... You know, it started exploding. So for everybody that don't know out there, oh, yeah. Set Free is... Is I'm not saying it's the equivalent or anything like that, but it's it's a it, it was a big movement. I mean, it's it's right Calvary, Calvary Chapel, yeah. Victory Outreach, Praise Chapel, Set Free. It's one of these type of movements, right? Yeah, and I think all those are great movements. They just a lot of them cater to one style of people, right? Like Calvary had the surfers I, I, and they yeah. had the hippies. Then you get to then you get to Victory Outreach. I love. I got dude. I got like I think you told me one time you go, dude. I never met a guy. I was playing at Calvary, and you go, I never met a guy that. Yeah, you played everywhere. Played everywhere, like Calvary, Victory Outreach, Praise Child. Everybody loves you. I go, well, yeah, it wasn't always like that. You know what I mean? But at right. this time in my life, yeah, I can get along. I got, it's like I got friends from every gang, I always say. You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, I don't get along with all of them. I got some friends. I Me got, too. Yeah, I'm the same and, way. And, and it shouldn't be that way in Christianity because we're all going to be in heaven together. And then there's no going to, I always tell people, um, all your titles are going to be ripped in heaven and it ain't going to matter. So, right. so we're all going to get, in, so I don't know. So, so my dad, yeah, started doing his thing. And it was just, it was, what I say about Seth Free was different is that, you had cholos next to businessmen. You had businessmen next right. to gays. You had gays next to bikers. You had it was just. I mean, it was. It was all, a crazy mix. It was a crazy mix. Like I said, when when I, when I seen your guys' video, that's what it. That's what I was like. Yeah, Who are was, these guys? Because was, was bikers. 2000. It was it was cholos. All these different people, and I'm like. How they getting? Well, you got think that video shot? That video right. shoot was two thousand, right. like nine or ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, you guys were yeah, mid teens, right? I, I was like nineteen. Yeah, but I mean, you got think Seth Free. You know, since eighty six. So my my dad's oldest son, Geronimo, he wasn't around at all. He was like my dad left him when he was young, and you know his mom was murdered. A crazy story. And then Geronimo came back into my dad's life years later. Why Seth Free was just still a little uh, Baptist, but my dad was getting like my dad was getting wild before that. Like he was doing songs where like my mom and then would sing up there, and they'd move a little bit like left to right. So was, was he like, getting was he getting knocked on for that? Oh, for sure, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was, was yeah. They, they, nobody was really doing that. By eighty five, there was over like four hundred five. You know, it's packed. You know what I mean? Probably right. about four hundred. That's a lot. You know, uh, people laugh now because I this guy told me, hey man, can you you know play at my church? We only have like about four hundred people, and I'm like. Dude, that, that used to be big back in the days. I mean, that's just yeah. reality and society. TV and internet has like showed you that it, it, Joel Osteen or these guys because they have twenty thousand or whatever it makes you small. I'm like, I remember four hundred was like a big like that was a fast growing healthy is church, a solid church. I think it's a healthy church yeah. now. Yeah, it's just politics and everybody trying to live like somebody else or being right. so. Yeah, my dad started moving a little bit. He started like having like aerobic classes at the church and karate, and they were like kind of like uh, my dad used to tell us like, no, listen to secular music. You can't listen to this. So listen he still this. had the Baptist. Oh yeah, my dad was hardcore like. You you know, uh, you know, you better marry her. If you look at her, it's better to marry. marry, marry he would teach the people, like, it's better to uh, marry than to burn. You know what right. I mean? My dad was like Old a school. hardcore. Jack Hiles, like, Hammond, Indiana was like one of his heroes. This other crazy, like, white dude, you know, just a Baptist preaching. Yeah, like, Baptist. you know, hey, you're wearing makeup in church. You're going to hell. You know what I mean? Like, dude, he's gangster. So the people got to understand about Pastor Phil is that dude, my dad was strict. Like, he was yeah. about that life. And they said his Baptist crew, because he had that gang mentality, you do what your gang says, you know? So did it did it change because they gave him the boot? 
Did he? Did is that? I think something the... switched on him that he realized. Okay, I thought all Christians like supposed to love on everybody. I thought that we're all supposed to reach out to the Bible says like right. everybody needs to reach out to the lost and those who are in jail and feed my people and you know just be a blessing. Yeah. And my dad didn't realize. Okay, I guess that I got a role in my crew. Then I guess I'm I am different. It went back to his old days when he was the darkest. You know, if you look at his pictures from junior high, he's like you know, the darkest kid and they're all white. So he, right. he already was his whole life. He's felt when his dad left him at 12 years old and he had to raise all his brothers and be the leader. He already felt like, okay, I'm booted. My dad left me at, you know, 12 and then the church, you know, then, then the homies, you know, I, they, they left me once I changed my life and then now I'm in the church and then the church kind of like, you know, yeah, I think it's some switch. That's then a, that's a crazy dynamic to you know, think about. That's right? just my, that's just my breakdown. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's how he feels, I mean, but, that's I, a, but that's true. I, he wouldn't maybe say it, but he, cause he don't complain a lot about stuff or whine about his past. But I think that that's what happened. Something happened where he always felt like he's wanted to belong. And when your dad leaves you at 12, you know what I mean? That's right. heavy stuff. A lot of people out there watching probably have dealt with that or a mom or somebody they love. Uh, it breaks up the whole family dynamic. And then, you either you become a lot like your father most of the time. They right. say, you know what I mean. You follow the footsteps, and that's what he did. And he, uh, but he was different. He stayed around, and he stayed around his kids, which was I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know what I mean. Uh, so yeah, he just I think he took on the kind of like rebel, like he started taking off the tie, started wearing like the Cartier star, not Cartier, the uh, Cartier. What do you call the sweaters? You know, Cartier. Cartier. Yeah, and he wore like the cutoff, and then he kind of like was. Uh, we were in the mall one time, and I knew he was losing his mind. I knew he was backslidden, right? Because uh, it was about this was about '86. I don't know when uh, Beat It or no Billy Jean. One of those songs came out, and he was saying, you know, if you want to dip that, just beat it. And he's singing it because he was at a mall, and you can yeah. hear the music. You know, you see the mall used to have like right. the music playing, and we're like, Dad, you're a sinner. You know, Michael Jackson's a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> and right then he kind of gave up his thing that he and then he was sneaking off going with my mom and a few people from the church to like the victory tour with the with the Jacksons right I mean that's how old school like so yeah. we're like you know he's like oh I'm just going to do research to reach the sinners we're gonna go out there and protest you know and he was there jamming the front row he always loved music and stuff because I remember you guys doing concerts in the street oh yeah and not that other people weren't doing that or outreaching but it was it was a little bit bigger a little bit more. We brought the party. Yeah, we brought the party. It's funny because I was thinking about that. And oh yeah, I remember there was there used to be a big set free in Pomona. Yeah, my wife lived in Pomona. Pastor Eddie Banales, yeah, lived in Pomona back in Shout the day, out. right? And so she she uh, I remember coming to, to pick her up. We we're gonna go out, right? We we're just right. dating. So I I'm I'm like, where were you? Where were you at? You know, like, <laughs> she's coming late. All jealous. She's like. Oh, I was at Set Free. And I was like, you were at Set Free? And she's like, yeah, I was over there at Set Free. They had a concert. It was cool, man. There was dancing. It was tight. And I was like, what? And I was like, what are we going over there, Center. man? You know, because I think it was like Calvary. And then, you know, Praise Chapel had a little little hood in it, of course. Yeah. And then there was Vadi Outreach. I mean, Victory Outreach, right? And, and my, my Yeah, my father-in-law goes to Victory Outreach for 20 years now. I'm not talking about them. Then, I don't want to uh, get killed. Yeah, yeah, right? Just you kidding. Still, and then, and then it was set free, and it, it, all different works, which with all good people. I'll say this: so, so all great people. I remember, God, the, the body, the body is like a, it's a call the body for a reason. We right? may we may just be the pinky, you know, right. toe, but you need that. You know what I mean? Without that, it's hard to walk. Because some people will talk about that church or that church, and I always tell people this: I go, look, that church is for somebody. Might not be for me, right? But it's for somebody. Yeah. And if they if they feel at home, if they're comfortable there, if it's good for them. Then great if they find a home there. I mean, I went to VO uh, with my father in law, and they they were honoring veterans. He's a veteran, oh, so cool. I went there. I, 
I'm not into the style like that anymore. I mean, they they were still rocking them suits, shiny shoes. Oh yeah, they but that's that's their culture. But I thought I thought it was cool because I hadn't seen that in years. Yeah, right. And uh, I was like, man, they, they was loving it. The, the the big church right here in Chino. I was there, you know. And I was like, this is this is cool. So every church has an avenue, like the body, right? It's it's it's. I mean, there's a church for everybody. That's what yeah, I'm trying to say. I, yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, and I and we never tripped on that. I think growing up, like my dad never was talking to us, like, "Oh man, can you believe Calvary does it this way?" Or he never tripped on that. Right. But again, he had to like make his own flavor and his own style sure. and reach because he's reaching people and they're just coming left and right. And then he started homes, and then TBN. He got involved with them, and TBN was like, "We love what you're doing." So Jan Crouch and Paul were good friends of his. And then so the TB, power, the TBN power of media. for everybody out there was was. Back in the day was Channel 40. Yeah. So they'd have the little 714 number on the bottom. Still, bottle. yeah, the lady with the big, big hair, hair, wild hair, like cotton candy. And, but your you know, dad was probably one of the first. He's like, the first like, gangster like, that ever went on stage there. Probably the only one, you like know. Like Nicky Cruz was on there for a little yeah, while. Yeah, he was wild. You know, the Mau Sunny, Maus, Yeah. But your dad was a little bit different because well, I, he, he never held back. No, my right? dad, yeah, he went on there. You know what I mean? You can see the first time he went on in, like, early 80s. He's a little more conservative. And then they just he just busted out and, like, just started being who he was. I think... It's like they're, he's peeling back layers. God peels back layers, and really, you become who you are. You know what right. I mean? Like, like God could use my dad more mightily when he could when he really got down to who he was, yes. and use us. A lot of people like to put on a front, or they go to you know. I get it; it's all good. You go to Bible seminary, uh, you go to churches, and you want to be like you're you you are or you're like who your tribe is. You want to if you, they say wear polo shirts, wear polo shirts. Right. If they all don't lift their hands, so. I, I always laugh about that, bro. Because pastors have went through the little phases, right? You you never really change your style. Your dad. He changed his style, but it was always it was it, it was the biker style. It was he a changed hood in style, the first eight years, probably yeah. Hair. Like he changed from his Baptist days but to. Yeah. I laugh at the church pastors now because they went from uh, those bedazzled eagle on the back shirts, right, and and these big well the wild uh, ones, yeah, us religion jeans, and then they went to these skinny jeans, and and then then now it's the uh, V neck with a little chain and a key. And the little pants with this. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, like, I don't I, go I enough mean, to church to the see, churches, you know? I, I'm not like that, right? I, I mean, if it's your style, it's your style. I mean, of course you're going to change with the times, but you could still have that little flavor. I, I think that's cool. a great point. But I think people, in order to attract people to their church, they go, well, let me change my style. And I'm like, man, bro, you're like 50 years old, and now you want to wear these ripped jeans. I mean, oh it, yeah, it, for sure. It, it it doesn't match. What are you doing it for? Well, they're trying to follow. They're trying to follow what they see on TV, or they see a, like a pastor's hip or young, and they want to be. You know, they think, well, if I be hip and young, I mean, I think we. My family's always from the early. You know, you got to think we go way. We we're way back before. I mean, we we were doing t-shirt brands and all that stuff back yeah. back in the early nineties and eighties. So, uh, so for us, we've dealt in, like we deal in authenticity. That's what we're the best. I mean, we everything we've done has been pretty original, pretty, pretty like we we we've set trends. And when you set trends, you don't always get the props for that. Right. You don't always get the praise, but you set them and you know. And I always tell people like uh, my dad, he just he just was moving with the times. He would have yeah. big. It was eighty six, so it's, break it's break a dance, big yeah, break, break dancing was big. So he opened up the church and let them break. No other church was letting them break. I mean, I won't name the churches, but there was churches when we'd have hip hop concerts. They'd be like uh, eighty seven. We had a uh, JC and the Boys and all these rappers, Christian rappers, Dynamic Twins. All these guys rap at our church because they couldn't rap nowhere else. They were allowed to and right. man we had churches like ones that do rap now like they invented it we're like oh man you my dad would get letters like this you guys are uh sinners you're this is devil's music so he was taking flack again right. and again i felt every day he no matter what he says he was being pushed away from you know 
the normal the Christian, normal, yeah, like yeah. Calvary type style, whatever we were supposed to. And, you know, like Chuck and those guys were like, his, you know, he loved those guys. They were like right down the street from us. But I think what happened is a lot of, they started losing a lot of members from different churches right. and their church members like, I want to, you know, everybody wants to go where the fire is, you know, like where they want to go where the good music is. Sure. That's why I don't care what anybody says about Hillsong or any of these places. They're packed because people want to go where it's popping. Yeah. They want to go. People are hood hoppers. They want to go. Right. It's it's too hard to do your own thing, right? So you want to go Super where it's hard. cracking. Yeah. You know, I get it. Everybody wants to jump on the winning team. My dad always moves to different, like, he'll go, Who's, who do you think is going to win? Uh, who's almost to the, you know, championships in basketball? I go, well, I think our Lakers have a good chance. He's like, okay, well, tell me when they get to the end, you know, championships or like the Super Bowl, whatever yeah. team's in, tell me which team's winning and that's the team I pick. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how normal people think in life. Right. You know what I mean? They're going to jump on the bandwagon. Right. And so... Him, he was just doing stuff, uh, not to go much longer on the Seth Free movement, but basically he was doing stuff that was innovate that was never been done before in church. Right. I don't care what anybody says. I always say we have the videos to prove it. Right. And if you ain't got the history, you ain't got the the profile. I tell dudes, if you ain't, you know, when you when they check you in jail and all that stuff, and they're like, hey, let me see your file, homie. The file don't lie. You know what I mean? Your well, file. No, and so nobody can knock you guys. I mean, the 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 facts are this: in in, in this era of the last. 30 years. In Southern let's, California. Let, let, let's say yeah. Southern California mostly. I mean, set free is known. Yeah. I mean. The, the, for good and bad. Yeah, for good and bad. And, and you got to remember, so it's a good thing. I always tell people like uh, that, you know, Jesus called us to reach out to the prostitutes, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the gang members. And, and Jesus hanged with all them. Uh, and I tell people all the time, but Jesus hanged with them, but they followed Jesus because he was different. Not because right. he was like them. Right. So that's what we always got to remember. For me, my dad was going deeper into it. The church was getting bigger. He had no mentor. You know, a lot of, you know, Paul and Jan Crouch, they put him on TBN. And I'm telling you, we go on, when you're in millions of homes, they're still one of the biggest. I mean, Trinity Broadcasting is the biggest yeah. still. There still. ain't nobody bigger than them. No. And uh, billions of dollars that, that place are put in that place. When those people are putting you, like you're their boy and they're putting you on TV every few months, bro. That's. That's the ticket. Yeah, just like now, social media and all right. that. You know, you go on, you can blow up. You get YouTube, you get a funny video or a dog farting or whatever. It blows up, gets millions of views <laughs> or, you know, I mean, just dumb right. stuff. God was using this broken dude. Remember, it happened fast. So he was like a Christian rock star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and you start, you start, people start telling you're great. People start pumping you up. People start, you know, and there's this thing that always um, wins. It's called pride. Right. Pride is a mother. And so pride took over and he got massive and it got to like 7,000 people, I think by 90, the end of 93. And he was traveling all over the world and every church wanted him to start it. And, and in my dad's thing, it wasn't, it wasn't him. It was God used him, but I mean, he was just a broken vessel that was available. And I always tell people your best, your best ability is availability. So my dad was into just showing up and then right. TBN started buying him homes to use. And he had about 20, 30 homes and he filled those places up with every, Creeping, crawling, hoodlum, um, uh, mafia leader, gangster leader. That's why I tell guys, I was raised, you know, five, six, seven years old my whole life. Till I was 18, I had my own room. I never had my own room. Me and my brothers, we had Shared every, everything. yeah, from, I mean, I'm talking about leaders. Close everything, I'm right? talking about leaders of outlaw clubs, leaders of, mo I mean, like, real deal dudes. Like, not let's, these, let's not these guys that are like, um, yeah, I know a homie or I, I bang for a few years. I'm like, nah, dog, you want to, let's, let's, let's do facts. Let's get on business. And I'm. I had dudes, you know, we're, we're 11 years old watching dudes try to jump out windows because they're so high and dudes are, I mean, so my dad didn't care. I mean, my dad was like, he'd take anybody home, bro. If he met somebody on the street that was hurting, you want help? You want to change your life? Get in. And right. that's how he built his ministries. He, he utilized those people. He get them on their feet, get their lives back together, and then they go out and, they and go soul out and win. get somebody else. Soul winning is the key with him. That was his hustle, you know? Let me ask you this, chill. What? Authenticity. Oh. 
I don't think people know what that is no more, dog. Okay, so I think that I think what made your dad legit, what made your the ministry legit, and we'll get into the the extra stuff, the bad stuff later. But oh, for sure, you know the, that's the, coming. The, the authenticity of the church sometimes is missed, and I, I I think you said you're a good judge of character. You're good. You, I think you, so. You, you can see what's going on. I, I think I'm pretty good at you, that too. You, you deal with thousands of people your whole life. You you better learn how to be good with people. That's right. your gift. That's your ministry. That, that is a gift in gift. itself, right? Oh, yeah. That is, does it, uh, it seems like your family has that gift. A gift and a curse. Why is it a curse? Or why is it a gift? Can first? I tell you? Because because here's the thing. My family got so busy helping people that they didn't help themselves. My dad probably could have kept Sefri going till this day and been a massive place. We should have, could have, would have life we don't like to live, but Pops could have been that guy. Right. But he burned out. And you burn out by like, yeah, pride burns you out. But my thing is you end up helping so many people. And most people I've learned don't really care. They want it. They'll take the free food. They'll take the home. When they're hurt and they're broken, right. they're appreciative for that moment. But they're, they're on to the next, you know, the thing. They're on to most people uh, in life, unfortunately. You meet some great people that come back and say thank you, but most don't say thank you. That's why I tell people there's a high price of being hurt doing the people ministry. Right. There, you, but you don't get to choose how God's going to use you. That's why I tell people. I didn't choose this. I wasn't brought in. Like, I didn't choose this life. It chose me, dog. You yeah. know what I mean? So, Pops, we didn't chose. That's what he did. He, I mean, he's trying to walk away from ministry. Knew. Yeah, so I knew. So, when you're so busy helping people, you don't realize your family's being all these years, my family, and you're bringing all these uh, prison guys and gang, and you have to get tough real quick, and they're teaching you the streets while you're trying to learn the Bible. I mean, it's a lot of politics. You know, my, you better yeah. get tough. I'm like, hey, Dad, that guy, you know, stole my you know, stole my uh, Nintendo. You know I mean? This guy stole my bike. He's like, oh, what'd you do? Knuckle up. Go, uh, go get it back. And you're like, what? Like, you know what I mean? So my right. dad was very, like, he didn't baby his kids to, like, he wanted us to learn, like, hey, you got to man up and be, be like, tough. you don't care how big that guy is, handle business. And uh, he had that gang mentality. And that's what drawn a lot of people and people called it a cult for a lot of years, but it's like, you know, yeah, it's anytime you have a mega ministry like that, it's going to be cultish in some way, whatever that means. You're going to lead people and you got to have rules and you got to, you have 300 people living in your homes. You got to have overseers. You got to, you so know, at, at what time did you, let's, let's talk about you for a minute. So at what time did you realize like, is this, is this the way life's supposed to be? My dad's just, when is it going to be us as a family? Are yeah. they just all, because I know you guys always had people around you forever. My whole life. Yeah. Your whole life. I mean, the, probably the last, you know, my dad still has, you know, a church that he has and people live, he has, he has a house full of people. Did you ever get to a point where you were oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to play baseball. I want to, I want to do something. Yeah. Well, see, you know here's I mean? the thing. We wanted, back in the days, our church was so massive and big. In the 90s and stuff, we were 7,000 members. It was I mean, every ministry, lowrider ministry, this ministry, baseball ministry. So we had all the foot Rams football players. That's when the Rams used to have their – their uh, they used to be here, the Rams in like right. 87, 88. You know, Jack Youngblood, all these guys were coming to my dad's church, Isaiah Robinson. They're all Everybody wants to come. You know, they want to be part right. of it. So he's like, oh, you want you guys want to play football? We're like, yeah, dad, we think we do. All right, I'm going to create a football team. And then he make all the kids from the church that weren't no good. Okay. The ghetto kids that some were good, some were bad. And then so he built the church. Oh, you want a baseball team? Okay, I'll build you a baseball team. So by that time we were mega. So everything, everything was, was based around set free. Everything the was the, the very cultish, very like, hey. Did you, know, you ever get any resentment? Of course. Towards that? I think later on down the road. So what I'll say is that like during that time, yeah, we, we didn't want to wait three hours in line to talk to our dad. Ooh. 
we didn't want to like we didn't want to like we said share, share your room. Yeah, I don't share a room, we, but that's all we knew. So if you said anything against it, you were like going against pops, and we yeah, all our, loved our him. God. Yeah, our God. Yeah, exactly. Like he was God's right hand guy. That's how we looked at it. He was God's little helper. You know what I mean? Where we thought the direct the direct line to God was through my dad, and that's what most pastors fool their people on us and us included was that no, we all can go straight to the Father. That's why my relationship's great with the Lord, because I can go straight to the Father now. But I used to think it went through my father. It went through my dad, my, my earthly father. When did you figure out that it didn't go through your dad? Well, as you get older and, you you know, you, when you're young, you're just playing with G.I. Joes and having it, fun. And, yeah, it's, you your, know. it's your dad. You look up to him. He's, you know. Bro, you got to understand, this was our culture. So, like, my dad made everything cool. We had, you know, our houses, you know, we had, we always had a party. So everybody likes to go to a party, and you're just a kid, so you're always going on. My dad uh, had pizza, re- like right across from the church. We had a pizza restaurant. We had a taco stand. We had, I mean, he had, he owned all the, he was a, he was a hustler before hustlers were doing it. and uh, But he never took the money. He always just gave it out. That's one thing. He wasn't smart like most pastors. They take all that money. Most A lot of pastors, big ones, they have book deals. They take it. He didn't do all that. He'd get it and give it out to his people. He'd give brothers cars, give uh, bikes to guys who needed Harleys. He was a very giving guy. And so he didn't save nothing. He didn't have no like college funds set up for us. Right. So during that time, it was about not, when a lot of the scandal and drama started happening, which believe me, Back then, you couldn't tell me different. I would think my dad walked on water. But now, we've been through it, and we know that you know, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Sure. And my dad just had such a big operation going, and we started seeing the Cracks. relationship. Yeah, we started seeing, like, okay, my mom's not really and around. And how, how old are you at this time? I would say, like, 11 or 12. So you start seeing a little bit Yeah, and that's in, heavy, because my dad and mom never argued or fight. That was even more weird. Okay. Most fi- families, you see the parents argue. Mine weren't like that. My mom was a Sicilian woman, like a loyal, quiet, like she's the, one of the closest people oh, I ever met to Jesus, you know? And we used to be like, dang, she don't get mad. Like pops is over there, you know, with girls around him or this. And so your, dad, your, your father blew up. He blew up. And it's then, the rock star story, bro. And, and, Christian yeah, or not secular, right. you know? And then it, the, the power came. Oh, yeah. The pride came. Yeah. And the females came. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What's, what's, what's that? What's that quick song? First you get the money. First you get the money. Then you get the power. Pops then you is, get yeah. the. Oh yeah, yeah. For yeah, uh, hand in hand. Yeah. DJ Quick. Right? Yeah. I mean, Pops is a living. That's what I tell people. He's a. He's a living epistle. He's so, a living, but he's a living scripture. So when you found out, Pops was having an affair. Yeah, we got to remember that we're here. No speak, no evil, family. Okay. And at this what, time, what does that mean? Explain that to me. A code of silence. You know what I mean. Two could keep a secret. Two could keep a secret. A secret if two are dead, or however that goes. That type of you know the mafias. The so we grew like, up on Godfather and all that we, stuff. We don't talk the, bad about. No, you remember pop. we're raised around prison guys. And we're raised around outlaws and getting their whole thing is always defend your father. Keep that under wraps. Always be code. Hey, that right. ain't their business. Don't let nobody know. They don't need to know. But see, I always learned is that. If there's no brokenness in the pulpit, in the pulpit, there's gonna be none in the in the organization. And when I started seeing people dress like my dad and look like my dad, and like started seeing people want to be like him, and women wanted him, I knew that I was 12, but I knew enough like this. Pro- I mean, I knew enough Jesus that this probably is in the right. It wasn't like we were drinking or smoking. My dad was against all that. No smoking, no drinking, no this, no. Yeah. But there's still stuff going on that you know is bad. So I started seeing. I started getting more angry, getting more gangster, getting a little more. Nobody's gonna tell me what to do, but. It was another thing that he was triggered, is all going back to his past he didn't deal with, was being booted out of certain things, and the church booted him out of the Baptist church. And I'm not making excuses because he's a big boy, but I realized that my dad started me against the world. He was the Tupac before Tupac of the Christian generation. Right. Me against the world. There's, it, there's something, everybody thinks that's, that's cool, right? To be me against the world. I don't think so. Right? I but used but, to, but the problem with that is there's a lot of underlying problems that are buried making you feel me against the world, correct? 
I, I think I think people hide a lot of stuff when they get that attitude. Obviously, if we, if we if we talk about Tupac or whoever, you know, he had a lot of issues. There was a lot of things that 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 attitude came from. Yeah. You well, know? yeah. And you one thing you can't my, just say after the world and, and flip everybody off. Yeah, and spit I think on my pops got enough. He felt like he got kicked in the spiritual, you know, huevos. Yeah. Part of my French a few many times. Right. And he's like, "Oh, you're not. It ain't gonna happen again, dog. Like, I'm I'm the guy. Like, you're gonna. I built this, right? And then you start seeing like his brothers and people who helped build the church too, different people that were part of the organization. That's yeah. when you start seeing the good people go. Churches beware. I started seeing people who were like they weren't my aunts and uncles, but they raised me. Cause my dad wasn't around much, you know what I mean? And like, he's, and they were gone. Like, hey, we love you, chill. We like, or back then it was, we uh, go. yeah, they were just like, hey, we got, we love you, we gotta go. And then uh, different uncles of mine had left and started churches down the street. I mean, it started becoming worse. So, and then pops even got more mad because he felt like people were bailing on his team. He couldn't look at when you're living in sin. Any of us, you cannot see very well. I always tell people when you're deep in sin, you think everybody's against you. You think that the world, you become Tupac syndrome when you're in sin. Yeah. But if you know, pops was the type that you gotta remember during this time. All was a time when. Calvary came against them and started, you know, uh, uh, this one dude from Calvary, I'm not going to say Chuck Smith, but a guy from Calvary, a big time guy, started like uh, just putting out letters and this. Because, you know, we got to remember, anytime you have something that's amazing and beautiful, any type of organization, a company, a business, a church, whatever, you're going to have people that leave upset. Somebody's going to get their feelings hurt. And sure. by that time, my dad hurt a lot of feelings because he didn't, he just was gangster. I mean, he probably was very prideful and said things that probably weren't Jesus like and offended people. So, with great success comes great, you know, backlash and failure. People are going to leave and you're yeah. going to, people who started the church may feel like, hey man, this guy's changed and he's not the same pastor Phil I knew. And then from that, and, and, do, and to me, people, um, was there stuff going on that you got to remember you have, he has over 300 people in the homes. People are probably sleeping with each other. There's probably people burning each other. There's probably drugs, you know, no matter how good you run it. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to manage. It's a balance. Yeah. And he managed everything. He didn't right. really have a side pastor that he really considered his guy. He, he never had nobody to go to. So then he has 7,000 members he's trying to manage. You know what I mean? And he's trying to take it on. And he would look out there every day and tell He told me stories. Because I asked him all these stuff now, years later. We couldn't talk about it back then. And he would tell me, like, I would just look out the door and be like, he'd tell his secretary, like, are people still showing up? I mean, people would show up to church five hours early. Now people show up to church, you know, three hours late. You know what I mean? Honestly, <laughs> yeah. they don't want to hear the worship. People, it was, like a, it was like a rock show. You had the rock band. You had dudes flipping, head spinning. I mean, it was a great circus, I always say. Right. And God will use the the dumb things of this world to confound, confound to get people saved, you know, right. found the wise. So my dad used all that as bait. You know what I mean? That was He yeah. had great bait. My brother came in, like I told you, Geronimo came back in our lives about 86, 87, somewhere around there. He, we, we were listening to Carmen, DC Talk, you know, Stephen Wiley, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. So that's all we knew. We thought that was like, wow, that's wow, that's fire, DC Talk, you know? And then he brings NWA, and he brings Beastie Boys, and he brings Prince. And we're like, wow, there's Christian music sucks. Right. And then so my dad started how he started getting those songs saved. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk, so, Christian music? Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, I'm just a music guy. So going back to those days, we, my dad's right. a big, my dad's not a musician or nothing, but he knew good music. So knew, the, once again, the influence from the church. Oh, yeah. Right? You're, you, you're learning this stuff, the street code, all this stuff from dudes in the church. Could be good, could be bad. A lot of bad, right? but a lot of good. And then you learn music in the church, which a lot of people do. A lot of people yeah. do learn music in the church. Right? Yeah, we started rapping because my brother rapped, and we were like uh, eight or nine years old. I think we did our first rap was Young MC, Bust a Move, or something like that. If You know that song, if you want it, you yeah. got it, you know? So uh, that was our first you know experience with hip-hop. And yeah, we wanted my brother rapped, and my older brother, me and my brother MJ started. But then we started realizing, like, he would do MC Hammer, 
right? And yeah. change the words. And people went nuts over that. You can't touch this. He called, you can't judge this. Are you down with OPP, you down with GOD? And was there maybe people in the world doing it? Maybe. Right. But all I knew was my... What you got? Which we do, yeah. And all I knew is we were going to a lot of churches, and they weren't doing no hip hop, and they were tripping out when dudes were flipping off stages and head spinning, like going nuts. But that brought so that bait brought so many to the Lord. Yeah, we've seen thousands, hundreds of thousands saved from that. I mean, we're you know, talking like late '80s, right? Yeah, by '87, '88. Nobody was, was really doing that. Nobody. I, I, I remember the, going like maybe to a concert in like '90. Bro, at, if you can show at, me video, at, if you at, can, at New Harvest, and it was yeah. it was like Christian MCs and. Uh, Soldiers for Christ. If you could like show that. me video of people from '86 doing hip hop or no. break dancing in church, no. I don't. I haven't seen any. I try to. I try to rap like in '90, maybe '91. Yeah, and that. I mean, almost. Pops was just open to it. You know, what I mean, the 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 guys from Sublime. They recorded their first record. They were in our detox. They if you watch their history. Uh, Bud Gaw. They were the drummer. They were in our in our rehab in in '90. You know, '91, and they did their first Brad and them did their first demo at our church. My dad had a recording studio Crazy. there. My dad was just a way ahead of his time. So you know, innovators. So you saw. So I saw a lot. The back rise. On. Yeah. Calvary Chapel jumped in, and they had a guy that was uh, not all Calvary's, but just this one or a few. Started jumping in. They started writing letters. They started putting us, putting my dad all over the media. So about ninety two to ninety four, it was just a uh, back then the TMZ version, like would be called Current Affair. Yeah. Oh yeah. And my dad started coming out on there, and they're filming really? us walking to like leaving dinner, and we're walking to the van, and they're you know, hey, are you are you really you know having sex with people? Is this going on? Is this going on? You got to remember, my dad had a son who was you know uh, that's he's ten years older than me, so at that time he was you know. Girls liked him, and he was having his own drama, and he had an affair on his wife, and all this crazy stuff was going down. So my dad, anything that happened bad there, my dad was getting the blame, and my dad had his own drama going on too. So and what do you, what do you, looking back now as a grown man, I know you're a kid then. What do you attribute the the ultimate fall? Pride, uh, uh, just pride. Pride comes before fall. That you just get learned. all this glory, and you just get get built up, and you just pride. Get the success. If, you, if you don't you're on look at, TV, if you, if you don't got good people around you. If you just got yes men around you and people just tell you what you want to hear, you're going to just do I, I what think you that, want. Because I think that's important because a lot of the, the pride, the accountability. Um, there is a lot of yes, I, I there think, is a lot of yes look at, men. Look at accountability. David, accountability comes with vulnerability. Sure. And my dad wasn't very vulnerable. And I haven't been very vulnerable in my life at times. So I get it. It's, it's, it's very difficult. So people talk. That's a good point because people talk about accountability. But in order to be accountable to somebody, you got to be vulnerable. Yeah, you got to be open. If I'm up. not being, if I'm not opening up to you and telling you what's going on, truly what's going on in my life, my heart, my mind, that's not accountability. Yeah, and I think my dad, he had no accountability, and then nobody could tell him what to do because my dad ran it like a gang. He was the leader. You didn't like it, get out. So Beat tons it. of people got booted out that were good people, but you didn't go against Pastor Phil. You didn't go against his crew. And with that, I saw that, and good people were leaving again. You know, anytime I see good people leaving that were really his friends, I knew, you know, my dad's the type he likes to help the people that are real jacked up, and, and he doesn't necessarily want to be around the people who may be a little bit more, make them rise to other his standards. Uh, I mean, this is back in the days. Yeah. It's easy to hang around lowlifes. Because they're not really going places. They're not really doing so. He's probably the not going to tell you anything. Yeah, they're not gonna, and they don't want to judge him because they're still dealing with their addictions and they're right. still getting. And they need so help. He, and, he, and he always, again, at that time, there wasn't like there was many pastors reaching out to be like, hey, bro, like cool pastors that can right. relate to him and be like, let me let me talk to you. Because you know it, I mean? it was taboo to talk well, to, yeah, well, to, my, and here's to the connect thing. with Yeah, here's with, the thing. Yeah. Phil. yeah, here's the thing. Pops is gangster, so you get him in a room back then. He's like, I always say he's the Dennis Rodman of Christianity. You get him in the room, you know what I mean, dog? You better be ready because, like, this back in the days, he's going to, you call him out about his faults, he's going to call you about, out about yours. Right. So you better be ready. Like, you know, he's that guy. And so a lot of dudes are afraid to meet with them. And then I always say when there's no communication no more, 
drama war happened right. stuff. So churches were going at him. They started spreading lies, rumors. He had all these uh, dates to go like preach at places. They started counseling on him. And the news hit once the media kind of hits and they start, you know, they paint out the picture who he is. And, you know, he just kind of became more rebellious and kind of just, you know, and I just remember. That's when, that's when you start getting the, more of the Tupac. Yeah, more right? tattoos. The, the, more, the, the more you get, more the tattoos, more people come against more you, the more yeah. you, you rebel, especially yeah, if exactly. you're not right. Right? Yeah, exactly. When you when you when 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 Jesus stops being the main thing, when the main thing stops being the main thing, which is Jesus, and it's all about Pastor Phil, right? You know, and ego. So, so are you seeing this stuff? Oh yeah, on? yeah. You, but I, when you're not, 12 years old, what are you gonna do? What do you? Right. I, I never had a conversation with my dad. Uh, you know, uh, at that age, I never even I remember I never even talked to my dad during that time in the sense of like, hey, dad, what are you doing? I mean, it'd be stupid me a 12 year old. I mean, he's laughing in my face. My thing is, he didn't listen to nobody. If you didn't have a mega church, if you weren't doing bigger numbers than him, he ain't taking your advice. You're small time, homie, right? And you know, and you, and you got to think, even the police chief and everybody of Anaheim were like, "What if these seven thousand people turn on us one day? What if you tell them all, hey, these the police are terrible in Anaheim?' You know, they, I mean, that was it's a lot of fear when you have the head of the gangs yeah, and everybody, and you know, he's having gang meetings there. Uh, you know, with the head of the, the, the Mexican mafia there and he's doing his thing and, you know, talking over a thousand gang members from Orange County. You know what I mean? That's powerful stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. And they're doing it at your church and then you're, you know, so it's, it's just, my dad's a, you know, he's a definitely one of a kind guy. Right. And I think that with that, I started seeing that and I loved him even more. I wasn't mad at him. I was hurt. I mean, I, it was weird. It was like, I, it became like, I was a loyal kid. So I was like, okay, maybe he isn't this guy they're saying he is maybe, which with their, which Back then, if somebody would, if he would have said like, you're, hey, "You're looking at your dad like now he's now he's an ultra hero." Oh, he's, he's like Superman. Yeah, right? he's like against the media. He's against Calvary Chapel. He's against churches. And they're just haters because they don't have the same. Pe- you know, they don't that's have just the- a kid mentality, right? Yeah, I mean, you get a, you your 12 year old son. He's gonna roll with his dad. Most right. of them. I don't care if, you, if dad's a drunk or alcoholic or user. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I see young kids there. They they worship their dads. One thing my dad didn't he didn't leave us. So my mom at that time she's just quiet, you know. And then my older brother, he uh, the church. My dad basically told seven thousand members uh, at a at a like outdoor because what happens the city like that's why I laugh when people are like, oh the city's shutting us down now because the corona. And this I'm like, bro, go back to my dad like 1992 and 93. I mean, they painted the curbs. So we couldn't park in front of the church. I mean, there were so many people. They painted them red, so you get tickets and get towed. They, my dad got. They took him to jail, and if, uh, and, and he had probation for too much, too many people. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, and then, so he built another church and had too many people at the first service. I mean, it was just getting way. And and any smart guy would have came along like, hey, bro, let me help you. I'm a business guy. Let me put this. My dad wasn't a business guy. He just did his thing. He just all his money. Guy just put back in the church, gave to everybody. People need a new car, a new home. He do it. Instead of being a business guy, and he could have probably put that in. You know, people want to start set free. He's like, oh yeah, go start a set free. I bless you. He didn't make him go through courses or this or come to his church. Just or built it. dude. He just built. So let, let me let me ask you this: hundreds man. of churches were built. Let's you know. let's switch gears. Let's let's fast forward a little bit to your dad gives up the church in ninety. I want to say like ninety end of ninety three ninety four. I'm not ninety four. Yeah. What happens to your life? All hell broke loose. Okay. I caught the manure. How old are you? The manure tour. Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, the manure tour. So what happened first, you know, like when everything good, when the money goes away and... The, yeah, because the, I, I can imagine the church just dwindled, right? Well, you got to remember there's 7,000 people, all the hundreds of different type of ministries. There's Sefri started all over from here to Australia, all over the world. But what happened was this is basically he told everybody, hey, F you, I'm gone. Like, do what you want. I mean, he told everybody, had a, there's a video, you can see me, he's like, I love you all but I'm burned out. And he was having an affair at the time. So, I mean, he's like, you know, pops knew he was in sin. My other brother left his wife for his, uh, for a new girl. And from then it was just on and cracking. The media was crazy. So Calgary. I mean, it, it, dude, it, it was it, a lot. It, it was it, a lot. It, it must've been a lot because I, I see that as like, just 
we'd the, be here the for rise, days talking the about rise it. Yeah. In the fall. So So he so so what happened is so he, he told quits. everybody Yastuvo, I'm gone. Remember my dad didn't have no board. What happens to you? Well, I mean, dude, I become angry. Okay. I become, at, your, I, at your dad or church or I who, think I was angry at him, but I couldn't be angry at him because that ain't that ain't the way it rolls. You you roll with the OG. Okay. Because remember all these prison guys has taught us as little kids, you roll with pops, whatever, you know, you yeah. have his back. And I and so I and remember I was angry that Christians because still I, I still believe this, that there wasn't more men of God leaders that came and picked that Helped guy up, up and said, Hey, smack him around, say, Hey Phil. You're gonna ch- we're gonna give you some help. You know what I mean? Like right. we love you. We're gonna be here. It was another him being like his dad leaving him at twelve. It was another thing of him being kicked out of the Baptist church. You know to go tell him go start. He again felt like the Christian. People, so you're angry. I'm angry. Pops puts on the back of his uh, car now. You know uh, Jesus protect me from your followers. You know a bumper sticker. We moved to uh, he has. We did a lot of ministry up north. Like Visalia, they loved us out there. We we're like the Beatles when we go to town. Thousands would come. We pack out stadiums when we when we do music and do our thing there. My dad would preach, so we moved up there, thinking my dad goes, "I got to get away, man," because they were like they were like putting up flyers at my little brother's. So all high. those all those homes that you guys had, he still had them, and then okay. he turned it over to like uh, this guy Wayne Palmer or Bob Nixon, this uh, one of these guys. So they were still they were still holding the ground, and they okay. went to like kind of like maybe you know six like six. It didn't last. Everybody left to different churches, and they were sad. Some were mad. You know, their their father like he was like a father to a lot of them. You know what so I mean? He took they, you and your whole family. We bounced. Yeah, Who? us. No, well, he didn't just take us and our whole family. He took us and about a hundred people. Okay. My pops didn't. I mean, loyal. Yeah, loyal crew was about a hundred. So now it must really look honestly. It must really look like a cult, very cultish, right? So yeah. he leaves this church, says I'm leaving, <laughs> which is crazy, right? Yeah, you, most people get fired for their sins. Most people get fired yeah, or, or, or leave it to somebody leave, else. They say this. I'm taking know, a sabbatical, brother. Sabbatical, brother. Pops didn't even say right? sabbatical. He's he like, says, I'm out of here. Peace out. We're gone. Me against the world. Taking a hundred falls. At that time, I could see where it looked. <laughs> a little cultish. This is this got to be where it looked a little cultish. Well, he, I think he was more. He was more shocked. Like he didn't know what was going on. I, I, mean, I can see your dad running like Forrest Gump, and there's like a hundred people. Yeah, running behind I think him. that's it right, right there. A good analogy. He wasn't like he made them all go. Right. Like people had kids, and they were married to people, and they were like, "Hey, my husband don't want me to go, but I want to go." Or the vice versa with the husband. I want pass. I'm going. They call them. Now, pass. was there a church up there? Uh, no, he was going to start one. Okay. But so we had a nice big like uh, kind of like wait, a, he's going to start one, but no healing. No, no, nothing. Well, he wasn't no going to start one. He's going to do more like outreach to like the gangs and like the streets and just okay. do music and stuff. Not really. He didn't want to do a church. Okay, I didn't I rephrase that. He went there and they had like this big villa that we bought, and literally we were there for like a month. And then Calvary Chapel of uh, Visalia, some dude who I get he's in trouble. I mean, you, you re- Google the guy. Not even know his name, but he he like we opened a yogurt shop. My dad was trying to open like he 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 wanted to do some different hustles and like had, we had a skateboard shop. He was trying to right. do different stuff there, like to 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 reach the community, the kids, right? Because we had they had so many young people in Visalia and Tulare County that really had nowhere to go. No, you know, I mean, churches weren't really cracking right. out there yet. And so this is about ninety four, ninety three, somewhere around there. And so my dad brought a group there, and they all loved us there, and um. He got there, and, and then this dude, uh, this Calvary pastor, started putting up posters like, don't let this man around your kids, and picture my dad on it. This is a cult. I mean, and they were doing that. They made these thousands of flyers from, you know, everywhere we went. So we went there, and they basically chased us out of town because my dad, didn't, he was tired of fighting with these guys. And was, was, was that a perception thing, though? What do you mean? Uh, like I said, if, if, I, if I seen your dad, I know what happens down here. He goes up there with 100 people that just... Oh, like they were, they were, they were furious of like, did, I mean, they were worried did, about. Yeah. Did, 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 yeah. Ca- did these ha- people have like, um, I, I mean, if you're looking at, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, oh, yeah. do, do they, ha- do they have like a case here? I mean, maybe not, maybe not to that, 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 maybe not
Okay. At this time, of looking course. back as an OG, 40 years old, yes, they can see. Would you be that guy that tells people in your in Burbank? No, nah, I'm not. A, I'm not that dude. Okay, I don't call cops. Okay, I'm still not that guy. Okay, so I don't think that was right what the guy did. I think that that and if you and if you Google that guy, I don't know his name, but that dude got busted for like some weird stuff with kids. Yeah. That same pastor. So the same thing they're accusing my dad for being this, not that, but being like a womanizer and all that. You know what I mean? My dad had an affair. He did. And he had other things going on cracking. But at the end of the day, the dude really wanted to help people. So I don't, I don't think like, what good is it to put up flyers that your, my little brother was like, you know, six or seven at the time or eight. And they're putting up flyers at his junior high. That'd be like, Cam, you know, going to high school when he went to high school and somebody putting up flyers with a big picture of your face and yeah, your wife they're, 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 saying this is a cult. I mean, I don't think that's the right unless way. Unless I killed his mother. That's the only reason why he'd be pissed at me. Yeah. But other than that, he'd, he'd have my back. Yeah. Well, yeah, but and that's my thing is like, what is a cult? Like, we're cultish because we all like to dress cool because we ride Harleys together. Because uh, we, we're loyal? Yeah. I mean, I think the church never seen nothing really like that. And I think my dad just got, he was already definitely shouldn't, like, he went there to do ministry. And I think he thought it was a place of healing would be healing there. Like, he knew a lot of pastors there. He's trying to feel like, let me heal, let my kids do music. So he's and looking like, for something. Yeah, he wasn't, like, he's going there just it. to start a church. He believe yeah. me, he could have started a mega church there if this wouldn't happen. Or he could have stood here. Or he could have stood here. So he wasn't looking. He was looking for, like, let's do music, let's reach the kids. Because he, he would go out there and do all the high schools and preach and talk to all the kids on the campuses. So he's looking for that. And then within a month, they, they just put, they, they, they every church in town was just, like, keeping their kids away from us. It was just weird. Our friends we met there weren't allowed to play with us. Just weird because churches do have influence. And then, you know, it's a wider town out there to some of the areas. So right. where we were at, they'd put posters on our businesses. Nobody would come to our business. It was just like, dude. Chill, so let, let me let me ask you this, man. That's a lot to be in the church. And a lot of kids nowadays are church hurt for whatever reasons. There, I, I know you grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. A lot of them. There's kids. Their parents still go to church. And we haven't seen them in years, you know. Yeah, um, and I understand that a hundred percent. Speak to the speak to the church hurt. I Man. mean, I mean, is every hurt's legit, right? I mean, I've known guys that got the boot out of a ministry for stupid stuff and never came back to church. And and I know they won't admit it, but their church hurt. You seem like the whole church came against your your family. That's your, what it felt like. Your, your dad, nobody. Gave him a hand. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't want, I don't want to sound like a sad story no, or victim no, 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 because I'm, no, we're not I'm, victims. No, but I'm, not, it was, I'm, not, I'm not putting it in a victim. But I, what I'm I saying mean, is this. Is I'm, I'm saying this. You had every opportunity to become a victim and to be church hurt. And I'm not putting any, And I did. did and you? I did. Okay. By that time, I was I was done with church. By the time I... By the way I saw my dad treated, I was 13 years old. And I remember saying to myself one time, I was I was super short. Stubby, I couldn't fight. I couldn't fight. I couldn't fight. A, you know, is this the, the "Fools Gone Bad" video? Fools Gone Bad. No, that, that, was nine, that was ninety. That was ninety five, okay. ninety six. Okay. That was a few years later. We'll talk about. I was that. short for a long time, but um, uh, I remember saying like, because I used to watch people that my dad that were supposed to have his back, like tough guys and dudes that were like you know in the ministry with them biker guys. When all when when it started going down, most of them disappeared. So I couldn't understand that as a kid because I was trained on this loyalty thing. You know what I mean? And sure. I watched guys in our program still stay loyal. New Christians that were like out of prison, they stayed loyal to him. So I didn't understand is, that guys who have been saved thing, 20 though. years, 25 years, right. you're bailing on this guy. Yeah, I can understand my dad had his problems or his issues. Why don't you jump in and like help him? Why don't you go? I wasn't a man. I couldn't go talk to him like a man. I was a kid. So me and my brothers were so always trying what to. What a unique thing, right? You you had the loyalty from the street and, and these guys teaching you this from, from when you were a baby. Yeah, same thing. You know, and, and then you had the loyalty of God in the church and you're like, and nobody's helping your dad. Yeah. And I'm not, and I don't want to say nobody's helping him. People did reach out. It was just, maybe he wasn't, he for sure wasn't ready. 
But you don't give up after one. I always think you don't give up after one shot. If somebody, if he was, of course, That's he's going to be friend. upset. Yeah, if he's going to be, but he'd have no friends. So that was a problem. He really like made it where like he was just a, he was a lone ranger. You know what I mean? He always says that lone rangers don't make it. So I started getting more upset and angry, becoming like, man, and I couldn't do something, which made it worse. I was a little guy. And I started saying, man, if I, when I get old enough and I get big, I can never let nobody talk about my dad. It's crazy. And from then on, bro, that was about 13, 14. It was on and cracking. I never, I never, I, I never was, I wasn't upset at God. Really? You know, people, people get, I was people like Christians. You, you suck. You're like, you're think, weird. You're weirdos. Like, I, don't I think most this. kids at a church hurt are, are, are not upset at God. They yeah. know who God is. They've experienced God. They're, ex- they're upset with the church and the people within the church. Yeah. And God represents like what their parents represent. So that's what they think. Of. That's why if you hear them say, I'm mad at God, it's because, yeah, because your representation of God is through your parents, some judgmental or some pastor who's a, who's a jerk who just talks, you know, puts people down and talks if you're pregnant before marriage, you're a sinner, all that. So I think from then on, I was like, I don't care no more. We don't care. And my whole family from then, we kept on moving around different cities. We went to, I think, Lake Elsinore, and then, and then Calvary Chapel was there messing with us there. It just became wherever we moved to. They would say, don't let this guy in your town, right? So finally, my dad ended up in Venice Beach. Uh, I want to say like around 94, end of 94, somewhere around there. I don't know the dates all. But uh, yeah, from then, we started wrapping on them. We had no money. We saw the 100 people fall off. They all started losing. We lost people more and more. As Everywhere we moved, we lost 10, 20 people. My brother Geronimo left in the middle of the night, you know, bounced on us without saying goodbye, you know. Wow. You know, there's no so more money you, left. So it's you and MJ. Me, MJ, Trina, my sister. She my, sings, my, right? No, she don't do nothing. No, no, she, she does a lot, but she's not. A, she's she's uh she fixes cars. Sorry, Trina. She helps people. <laughs> no, she's she's a uh, she's the um, if you want to know a guy version of my a girl version of my dad, it's her. Oh really? Yes, that's a trip. And that's scary, but she's gangster. She's the best. So you guys go from seven thousand members. Yeah, rolling white Christmases. Rolling ten cars out front. Ra- you know, the, bikes. Ram- the Rams co- rolling over from Anaheim. Oh, Stadium the Rams, Lakers. We had everybody. Everything. Everything that everybody on Venice Beach rapping right now would love to have. And you did it opposite. Yeah, now we're at Venice Beach. My, dad, my dad's hanging around with uh, with uh, uh, an outlaw group from there, a black and white group, some great friends of ours. He's hanging out with them, rolling with them now. Attitude, bad attitude. Uh, he has, uh, uh, like I said, his, uh, we're living in Venice. We moved to Venice to where uh, where they had the biggest war in 90, uh, 94 between the Shoreline Crips and the, and the Venice Trece. So we move into this neighborhood apartments. There's 20 of us living in an apartment. We're getting shot at. Once again, an ex- eccentric area that you guys find. Yeah, from Orange per- County. Perfect, yeah, though. Perfect. My dad loves I mean, you it. Got, you, got, you got the, the, uh, the, the what's the, why can't I think of their name? Suicidal. The Suicidal Tendency oh, yeah. guys, right? Cholos that play rock, punk rock music. Great place for my dad. Yeah, every He always went all hippies. My dad's been a hippie. He loves Hate Ashbury. He's a hippie child, you know, wild yeah. child. So my dad loved it. And my dad felt like I can I can fit in here and nobody will know my past. That's what I'm saying. Perfect. Nobody is perfect. We So we're in the apartments. Uh, we're fighting every day. Like we have to, it's sad because black and brown are killing each other, killing parents, kids, it matters. So we'd have to ride our bicycles real fast to the beach. It's about five minutes away. And we we're wondering like, why is it so cheap to live by the beach? That was why. So that from that time on, we end up going to um, my dad's like, hey, we ain't got no money. My dad started the 25 people, 30 that were left. He had them on the selling incense, you know, on the beach. Wow. Incense, you know, my sister was out there. My mom was uh, hustling, doing like selling furniture on the beach. You know what I mean? Like you can have buy like rent out of place. And then me and my brother rapped. uh, My dad's like, you guys want to be rappers? MJ was like, he wanted to be a rapper. I didn't really care to be a rapper. And so MJ was really good. At that time, he's like, you know, he he put us on the beach, said, hey, you want money? We go, hey, dad, we want to buy this. Or yeah, I remember we had nice Christmases. We had, because you got to remember, first years of ministry when back in the days in the 80s, we had nothing. We were poor. 
and then we went through about 10 years of just man like anything you wanted yeah right. uh yeah you uh people used to say oh yeah man servants i'm like little guys that live in our program they did anything for us they cared you know took care of us they fed us they you know so um just like pastors have now they have uh they just they, they have Armor fancier bears. names well yeah, yeah they have are the big pastors have maids or this you know right. that's why even to go back to my dad like yeah he had security around them and they're bikers what's a big deal most pastors they have guys around carrying guns joel you know it's like high paid security what was the difference yeah. just how how we looked Right. I realize that God looks at the heart still and man looks at the outward appearance. No matter what, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. And, and then you add in your own sin to that and it's, it gives them more reason. So get to Venice Beach, 94. My dad's angry. I've never seen my dad so gangster, like where he's just like, see, my dad, I always tell people he could wake up, there's, he could wake up on either side of the bed each morning, like all of us. He could wake up one morning as, you know, Pastor Phil, the soul winner, or he could wake up on the, on the devil side and Pastor Phil, the mafioso gangster. I mean, He's a pretty gangster dude, and so and he has a lot of friends. A lot of people want it. they love my dad. A lot of like a lot of OGs in the neighborhoods and prisons and stuff. So because he's helped their lives or their kids or their moms, give them groceries. They never forget that stuff in the streets. Christians may forget about it, but dudes in the streets they don't forget when you do something good for them. That's part of the code of honor. You know. Let me ask you this: Did you ever see your dad down and out? He seemed like a resilient guy. Oh, and, he was and, depressed. He yeah he, he, yeah he won't tell. He was. He, he, he wouldn't even be, want to be around us because he knew he was, like, ashamed, you know what I mean, and upset. So he started riding around with the, some, of the, some of the brothers and uh, kind of, you know, hanging out at bars. Not even his thing. And he realized he was at a bar, and he was, like, using the bathroom. And some dude, like, peeked their head over and go, hey, Pastor Phil, can you pray for me? Is that you? And he's like, oh, like, he was so mad. Because God, here's the thing. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. You know right. what I mean? He'll find you. So my dad was like, I don't pray for people no more. He's just gangster, you know? Right. Everything was negative. I never seen him that way my whole life. He'd be depressed. And he'd just watch us from afar. We'd be, like, rapping on the beach because we are like, we need money. My dad's like, we want to rap. Go out there and see if you're good. And back then, they had a thing called Black Sunday. It was all blacks. You got to measure. Black and brown didn't always get along, as you know. Yeah. And so we'd be out there rapping. We had long hair. I was super short. And man, we would get clowned like you wouldn't believe. You know what I mean? But it made us good. It made us battle people. We were about a hundred dudes because we opened up the mic. Thousands of every from Compton, every gang member, active gang member, was out there on. Sundays. You guys are only Mexicans out there? Only Mexicans. There's a couple Mexican of Southsiders. Yeah, they were stabbing each other, like fighting out there. Uh, the 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 Venestrese, they would be out there strong, you know, like at the handball courts. But we were the only ones in the middle, street performers, and we rapping. So that helped us. And my dad would always bring a, uh, some of his biker friends to like watch our back. And then the riots would jump off, and, like, my dad would surround us with the guys, you know, because we were still kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. And from then, we just it started getting more gangster and gangster, and my dad was becoming more gangster, you know what I mean? More like he and he didn't want nothing to do with God at that time. So he went for a, a good little while there in Venice Beach, and then uh, he met, uh, um, started meeting people, and so we started rapping out there. So we started meeting, like, a guy named uh, QD3. He produced Tupac. His quit, dad is quit, Quincy, Quincy Jones. Jones. Yeah. So. so he brought us in the studio, and we're like, maybe we could do this for, you know, living, you know? Like, and then... Uh, and they liked our flavor, you know, and so my dad, um, from what then, a, what a great era though. That was the era where you can rap on the beach and somebody yeah, would if listen. You were good. Right? Yeah, you're yeah. good. Yeah. If you were now, good. Now you got like a thousand dudes out there handing you their CD. You know, oh yeah. There, it was, right? Bro, you had to be good. We had to fight for our spot to get a piece right. of uh, floor out there. All the Venice loved us. They still do. You know what I mean? So pops was there. We were there for about two years, something like that. And, uh, my dad ended up, um, uh, he, he was broken and he's about to join a club, you know, go full-time outlaw, you know? And, um, and, but he always loved, he loved us. He was like, I, I mean, we knew he loved us. He always made sure we had food on the table. He's really good. Really was good. Was there at any that. God in, in, in Never, there? Not Never. Not during that time. And even the followers with him were like, Hey, do we hate God today? They would wow. ask my dad and my dad would be like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, there's, you call, people call them a cult or what I just thinking? call him a good friend. I'm just thinking, man, we went from like a beautiful situation to hell. Are you thinking like 
where's God? Oh, I just thought maybe God hated us at that time. Like we, 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 you know, like we. My dad messed up. Yeah, my dad we're, messed we're, up. So we're, we're paying, all paying the price. Yeah, but we didn't know how he messed up because he never sat with us and told us, "Hey, mm-hmm. son, I had an affair," or "Hey, son, I did this." So fast forward to like that. The guy named Tommy Barnett, the Dream Center, uh, called him and said, "Hey, I'm about to start a church. My son, he's 19 years old. I don't want him there alone. He's a white boy. He's scared. He's from Arizona. Can you come in? I'll start a church there if you help my son, because his son had a little thing going in like uh, Echo Park area." Angelino Heights. Now the Dream Center is huge now. <laughs> yeah. So so my dad got talked into about 60, I don't know, 60, 70 set free people that he knew even that still in Anaheim because he still had homes there, but it was all just falling off. The other the other place had changed their name. Like the people he left to start, they changed it to some other name. And then my dad ended up, um, well, he didn't even care at that time. But uh, he he was like, well, man, this is God. Give me another chance, guys. And we were like. Oh. So how does. How I mean, does to, how does Tommy Barnett talk your dad into oh, not, not the, joining the motorcycle gang? And I thought my dad was the ultimate gang leader and ultimate recruiter. Tommy Barnett's the best car salesman I've ever met. Used car salesman. He had the in be- a good way. Well, I don't know. I mean, just in, I won't even say in a good way. I'll just say he's uh, some dudes just got a good mouth. They the can sell gab. the gift of gab. That's why churches are packed because a lot of times dudes are you know they got a good motivation speech or right. they want to get you know so um tommy barnett i don't know tommy like that my dad knew him good i wasn't like we were we were turned off by then but my dad's such a guy who wants to be on people's teams he wants to play he he, he feels he's stronger with the team right? right so tommy's mega he has a mega church in phoenix so my dad's just excited that he even offered he thought god would never use him again so he doesn't really go the outlaw way you know he doesn't he stops riding with the guys he loves them but he's like i gotta do i'm called the ministry right um and then they bring him back to uh they bring him we go to la and we move into like the worst gang area, one of the worst gang areas, Angelino Heights, Echo Park area. This is like ninety so, six. So, so when you 95. tell people that you know everybody, we know everybody in Southern California, right? I mean, it's because you, yeah, live, and I don't you seem live, to be prideful. Live, I know you just yeah, lived like, everywhere and you met so many people. That's why when you asked me to be on the show, I was like, bro, like there's a that's a like we only have what two hours. I mean, like I mean, it's a lot of history to cram into because you got to remember, I got to go back. We had to go back to the basics, the beginning with pops up, and stuff. So yeah, so it makes sense. So you'll be like, where's this? When this happened? So uh, ninety four and in ninety four ninety five, we moved to uh, uh, the L A area and. Bro, from Orange County again, from Venice to L.A. Venice was crazy, but this was even more crazier. Right. i never seen so many bald heads especially and cholos. In, especially in that time. Yeah, and everybody, this was active. This was like Rampart Division, right. uh, Rafael Perez, all the movies you've seen made, all this. So we go there, and then my dad starts um, uh, doing ministry there, and he brings in all the rock and roll music again because his kid, his kid was there, and his kid's living in Bunker Hill, like a nice area of L.A. My dad moved right across here from the church. They, first, they had a church building in Angelino Heights area. That's right there by Dodger Stadium, Echo Park. Right. And then we, he told my dad, after, like, if we can get that going, the church there, then I'll buy my by the hospital like should we buy the hospital you know that was right Which down the massive. street yeah the massive i mean dude a lot right, of la right was the, right off the 101 a lot of la was born there you know what i mean yeah. in the, before the 80s you know what i mean so uh so my dad was like he's just a recruiter and he's so, and he was so happy that he got another chance at life like this is his chance to be back on a team and to help he thought it was going to be like what are you th- thinking I'm thinking, oh, this is probably going to go south this, real this, quick this. but bro I was tired of being poor i mean i was tired of like rapping for change on venice beach wow. i was tired of seeing my mom like have to like sell furniture you know what i mean and so my dad, he's a hustler. My dad's my dad's been knocked down a few times, but he ain't. But he's always gotten up. Right. Like he don't stay there and cry. And so he went and and I learned a lot of that from him in my older age how to be. Where he went there, he brought dude. He brought another. He got talked into another sixty people. Once who had homes in Orange County, people still loved him. People loved him over the years. A lot of people had respect for him, but they just right. you know a lot were hurt. So he he, they all moved with us. And dude, he he took over like the kid would preach and my dad would do all the music and kind of like, like outreach pastor. And it went from like, you know, 20 people to now 
his son and my dad doing church together is over a few hundred people. And then they grew out of that place. And my dad's just doing that. My dad, uh, they had like a, uh, like a church with like a, like kind of like a cement area. My dad built basketball courts. He, uh, built handball stuff there. He put weights there. And then I don't think a lot of people know about the dream center in your dad. Oh no, they, they rewrite them out of the history book. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I mean videos I mean, don't lie. Go on YouTube. Yeah. If you're watching, go on YouTube. I mean, that's why I always tell people I don't have to talk. Just go, go. If you want to get into it, see the, the you see remember it. one day, he, one day they'll talk about it. You know, you got to remember he, the guy, Tommy and his son have to take the credit. I mean, imagine putting Brown, you know, pretty much almost a black, you know, dark guy like yeah. my dad, giving him the credit. Wild man, Dennis Rodman. They don't give Dennis Rodman much love, uh, you know, uh, but Jordan does. The leader, the real guys who know, they'll say, hey, Jordan was the greatest rebounder that ever. I mean, uh, Rodman um, was the greatest rebounder. He didn't get along with everybody. He was wild hair, wild tattoos. He went against the grain, but you needed him to win championships. Right. So that's the same in church world. They needed my dad. They need my family to deal with the dirty people. Mm. Right, mm. they need us. We we're, we're the guys. If anybody needs us to help the sick and lost, like people always call us when they need security, some, some sort of connection. yeah, yeah. They need us when like you know some of their kids being threatened by a gang or something. But they right. never call us just to be like, hey, bro, come to our house and like you know have a barbecue. Let me give you some money for what you've done for. No, it ain't that. It wasn't right. ever that deal. Uh, my dad. So we went there with my daddy. He built all. He knew how to get people. He's my dad, it doesn't it isn't like that now these days. You can't really do what you did back then. But in 96, yeah, he knew how to get people in. And, he and, got, and in 96, you had to get people the old-fashioned way. Yeah. So he put it. So he Relationships. Put, he put, yeah, yeah, imagine that. There's no internet or nothing. So uh, he had to shake people's hands and hug right. them. So he got all the gang members from Angelino Heights to start hanging out. And they all started coming to church, that neighborhood. Started leading them to the Lord. You know how it goes. And started getting some of their leaders saved. They started bringing their youngsters. Their, then remember with them, their families come. Because see, you don't move into neighborhoods in L.A., gang neighborhoods, and just start a church. So his the time Barnett son didn't know those politics. They were shooting people right in front of the doorstep of the church. I mean, their mur- dudes were murdered on that front porch before we got there. On the, these you know, white dudes are probably freaking out. Oh yeah, they're running back to uh, to Phoenix. They they brought up people from there to work there. They're scared. They're breaking their cars. They didn't get a pass until we got there. That's why God used us, us you know, us broken Just people. To make the connection. We all my dad did was this: the gift of inconvenience. Hey, can I can I do anything for you? Remember, pops has to walk up to. They see an OG walking up to these, you know, they start pulling out guns on you in LA. It ain't like, I mean, it's different out there. It's a whole right. different at that time. And so then my dad ended up uh, making friends with people and because he's a friendly guy and bringing them all to church and feed them. They would hang out at our house. We have barbecues, you know, same old thing. And people started getting saved. Their mom started getting saved. Is your dad right with the Lord at this time or is he just doing it for? You know, I didn't care. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask him. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was. I mean, he wasn't, he didn't have no like distractions like he used to because he wasn't the top guy no more. Are you, are he you, was humbled. Are you saved at this time? I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel no Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah, I knew at my at a young age, about nine or ten, I was always preaching. I mean, I felt like I got His hand on me, but I felt like it was ripped out of me. Anything like that, you know what I mean? Because I was just, uh, I was now. My dad would be doing church in L.A. We were just wanted to be like the dudes from the from the neighborhood. We dressed like them. Uh, we still had long hair at that time, but they, you know, we would dress like them, hang out with them, smoke weed with them, do all that stuff that they were doing behind my dad's back. And my dad's at the same time he's winning the world, he's losing his kids. Mm. And we were with them, we were down with them. But so then, then they got the Dream Center. My dad, you know, packed that place out for them, and basically, uh, an incident happened where uh, we started hanging around. Like we had a lot of gang members there, at Temple Street, a lot of friends of mine till this day. And uh, we started just being like the neighborhood, you know what I mean? And that time we were rapping still, and we started doing all the, this is before Facebook and Instagram, so we had to have like a following. So we did every L.A. unified school district from Compton to Watts to the Valley, everywhere. We did 
an hour concert with lights and I mean, we set up break dancers, uh, Los Angeles breakers, rock steady. We go out and rap just like we you've seen when we were kids, but you know, right. and we brought that to the, you know, to the schools, anti-gang, anti-drug thing. And man, we were like the Beatles. We had fans like you wouldn't believe. So we were building that. Why the Dream Center was getting even bigger. My dad was picking people up with skid robe. We had like, he'd be bringing, we had almost like 500 people living there when we were there on the campus because it was a big campus. The Dream how, Center. how long did that last? I want to say like two years. And yeah, they, my dad was with them. If you watch old videos, they're hugging him and the white pastors and, you know, Tommy and Matthew. But at the end of the day, you know, T.D. Jakes has given $2 million donating to it and Casey Tree or whatever these big shots are, Benny the Hens there. And, uh, and and basically my dad was just to help. Yeah. My dad started doing church on Saturday night there, set free. They let him do it. His son did Sunday mornings, you know, Matthew. He had 50 people. My dad had 1,000 people. So, of course, pride. That's just my opinion, what I saw. Yeah. You're asking my view. This is, if you're watching this, is my view and yours. You know, I can put out my, what I saw. Sure. My, It's my life. And uh, and they, uh, what happened was they, they started getting upset about that. And my dad started becoming prideful again, so I will throw that in there. He, he's a wild man. He started becoming like, hey, I started this. I did this. And then and, and you guys are now going to like, you know, all this money's coming in. Where's where's my cut? Because they started giving to, to, you know, how pastors are good salesmen. They can get people to donate millions. Because that oh, place, yeah. that place took millions to fix up. It did, but bro, they're making millions, right? And he was always cut out of the business. And they were like, "Oh, you're just you're a pastor." And Tommy would give him props and be like, "You're our guy." But remember, my dad couldn't be the figurehead. His son, should, he wanted to be the figurehead, and that's hard. You can't put. I mean, I'm not mad at those guys. They didn't realize Pastor Phil has a big presence. A lot of people want to follow him because they you know, they believe he's following Christ. And I believe he was doing what he had to do to survive. But I believe he was super. I believe it was like he was super excited about the Lord about getting a second chance. Yeah, second chances are big. So he was like, "Bam, I'm back in it." Tommy loves me. He trusted this guy Tommy, and all of my mom would always say like, "I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it, Phil." You know. And but you, what are you gonna say, bro? We like we lived there on the campus in a nuns' quarter, fourteen bedroom nuns' quarter, and all my family lived there. You know, like with a bunch of people from the gangs and stuff. And I mean, I remember being there. One of the gang members, my first experience is there, and I never shared this before. Um, I shared a room with him. I won't say his name because he's, you know, out there. And I don't want him ever get in trouble. But uh, he uh, he came to me, and this is at 14 years old. He woke me up at 2 in the morning. He's like, bro, you got to hide this. And he had, a like, a towel, like, blood all over in the gun, you know. And then he disappeared. That was my – so they don't play out there. That's all I'll say. And uh, Orange County, we have some gangsters, but it was more like they were spread out, like, the big neighborhods. Here, there was a neighborhood on every corner. Every MS, 18th Street, Temple Street. It was like, yeah. don't go to that corner. I mean, I would watch dudes shoot drive-by. It was just – very from a church boy to that it was pretty intense so i mean i was raised around prison guys but nothing like this bro it was, it was like and i was a teen now so i had to get them up and learn how to fight and learn how to you know and so my dad was doing amazing things there we were rapping we did big concerts there we was so great. you leave yeah well my dad well rafael perez if, you know, if you've ever seen training day that's kind of about him but he's a crooked cop la rampart, rampart division yeah, yeah they're involved with tupac and all that killing whatever but they used to beat up my homies from the neighborhood there break their arms, shoot them when they're in handcuffs. And so one day we were coming back from a Dodger game, a bunch of us, and we had gang members with us, and they were our homies. And the they came on the campus, like 20 Rampart, and they pushed my mom down, ran through our house with guns drawn, chasing like one of the gang members who ran in the house because we had just came back from the game, and they had us all in handcuffs for like three hours on the floor. And my dad was upstairs taking it. And nobody stands up to Perez at this time. This, this guy was really legend in the streets. Even the neighborhood guys were like, hey, bro, when we see Perez, we run, you know what I mean? Because he'll set you right. up. There's a lot of good homies in jail. My homies were in jail because of him for being set up. Some right. were guilty, but... And so they just were basically trying to find out why we had all these gang members there. They, they got on the campus. 
So they, my dad comes out in a robe, you know, crazy. He's like dying his hair at the time. His hair was like, had like die. He just came out like a madman tattooed up like a crazy looking biker dude, hippie. And he goes, Hey, did you push my wife? And starts going crazy on the guy Perez. Wow. And you'd never call that the Rampart district. So police brutality, we've been getting it. We, we've been doing that forever. So my dad's like, Hey, you don't touch these guys. These are my family. You know, these are my kids. You don't ever come on my, you don't come on this campus. I remember, man. I, and I always respect that. I was like, man, this guy's a, that made me love him more. Like my dad's a leader. He's a gang. Like he don't stand up, put up with nobody. He didn't care where they're from. Outlaw this biker, right. this. Or, I watched my dad my whole life stand up to anybody. He never backed down. Not because he was the toughest, but I knew he knew he had God fought his battles. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, he, and and he never was afraid of nobody. I always respected that. Never afraid of nobody. Yeah. And he's telling Perez, this legendary cop who hurts people, like f you, get off this. This is my campus. He got off the campus, and all the gang members, of course, love my dad even more after that. He's like a hero. They do anything for him, and then uh, they like maybe a few weeks later, my dad's like, "Hey, we got we got to leave. We got to pack our stuff and go." And we're like, "Was that was that because Matt and uh, they said they said cops leave? are allowed on the campus?" And my dad said, "Cops shouldn't be." And this is just my story. Not this those kind of cops. Any well, that was the cops that were there. Rampart Division, yeah. Well, yeah, those kind of cops. Because when you're not involved with the street, like you don't know, like they don't like Tommy and them didn't know. They were just guys who flew in for church. We lived there. We knew the heartbeat. The reason why the gang let us have why so many there's so much success that happened. There were people's lives can change. And you know who I think a lot are those gang members. God used them because bro, if they didn't give us a pass, we wouldn't even be allowed there. Right? They're breaking into cars, stealing stuff. They're robbing people. And until this day, one of my homies is still the shot caller down there, and he's always like. We love you guys. We did it for you guys, not for them. We don't even talk to those guys no more. I mean, you know, I mean, in the neighborhood around there is worse than ever. I mean, it's like it's on and cracking. You know what I mean? It's 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 bad. So it may be their four walls at the at the at the places right. all you know. So long story short, you know, we we just always love the broken. We hang with them. That's what it was. God loved the sinners. We hang with them. So where do you go from there? Uh, well, we had nowhere to go. Again, my dad didn't make much money there. He wasn't like a baller. I think they gave him a few bucks to like be quiet and leave. And so my dad, and my dad didn't say anything to us. That's what's even more weird. He acts like everything's fine. Like, hey, kids, we're on to the next journey. And I'm like, man, you know, we're not, we're not in school. We're not, you know, we're just, we're not getting no education. Which, I, you know, we dropped out at a young age. But my dad's whole thing with ministry. We're ministry people. We help people. We just, you know, so we moved to San Pedro for like two weeks. We moved to these apartments. Like a friend of ours let us stay there, and he brought like another thirty people, forty with him to the apartments. And then he had another, but that, but then we had a lot more people too from the Dream Center that wanted to stay with us. And then they offered some money, some of our people, and they stayed for the money to work there because they knew what we did they couldn't do they needed us to right. you know to, to run their their ministry you know and so then we moved to um like Toluca Lake North Hollywood and then a bunch of our people moved downtown to the Alexander Hotel like downtown LA our friend owned it so at that time it was really ghetto by Skid Row and stuff and they lived there all my dad's people so he started having church like in a hall there you know like a, like so everywhere everywhere yeah so again. we'd all meet up again and then we started getting real serious into music and we had this huge following from all the high schools and junior highs would buy our records, right? And we were making, like, just cover songs by then. This is the old days where you had to go put in work. Oh, yeah, we had a big falling. And then so Rick Rubin, uh, legendary producer, came out to the, you know, to the show and and with his people. He was part of Deaf America. They had a record label at that time uh, under Def Jam. And he wanted to sign us. So he he was about to sign us to a record deal. This was like 97 and uh, I mean, you know, cool. You know, he loved us. So we had long hair. We rapped. We didn't cuss at that time. So he's like, man, these guys are dope. You know what I mean? He just, he had an idea for us, right? Like to be like this next, you know, big thing. He had just did the chili peppers and stuff at that time. So, um, yeah, we were living in like North. So we got involved with the music business a lot. 
started working with Snoop Dogg, started just meeting all these producers, QD3. We had a, like a deal. We had a, like a management deal with these people. So, so when you post pictures and you're with these people, these are not like you ran into them at the airport. No, nah, I'm not DGC that takes selfies. I mean, I got a story behind each picture. Right. Busy bum. It's, both it's, it's, it's legit. We're in the studio with them, either learning from them, mentoring, doing a song with them. Uh, Keith Cohen, who produced a lot of people, a guy named Dave Aaron, rest in peace, uh, was Snoop's main like uh, – engineer guy you know did everything for him he started producing us and that's how we met snoop and uh and just connections then this was about 90 and then during this time we lived in la uh at the dream center we lived uh, or even let's go back even further real quick to 94 so, no 93 it goes back even further guy was putting people in our lives like a guy named stefan oriel cartoon right before they were yeah. the, who they are now they had a place called supermax with a guy named lucky and I was telling you a little bit about it. Like, this place was on Melrose Boulevard. My dad, when our church was big, bought a place on Melrose Boulevard just because he liked Melrose. And he, like, set up, like, his own, like, personal closet in there, like, leathers and this and <laughs> bikes. And it was it didn't make no money, but he just did it. He just had a lot of money and did it. And right across the street, there's a place called Supermax. It was dope. And... It ain't like now where they have all these t-shirt warehouses. You can buy Nikes and get all this and white t-shirts. Right. You know, like a... Uh, this, is, this is pre-Joker brand. Pre-Joker brand. This is like... It's called Supermax. So it's yeah. Supermax and they had like the prison guy on it. And, you know, we already came from that because our boy... We had all these guys live with us. This guy, Boy from Longo, he wrote all, all the girls, all you see on people's arms and stuff back, you know, back in the days from San Pedro and from these areas, Long Beach, Longo. Like, they, they were deep. All their prison art was real popular. And if you look right. at a lot of old Seth Free stuff, it has a lot of old prison art from a lot of these dudes. So we were making t-shirts back in the days, uh, 86, 87, with old prison art and tracks. Crazy. With G- yeah, crazy. Like, the stuff you see guys put on t-shirts now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That are like the Cholo stuff. You right. know, we've been doing that with tracks for back before Victory Hours for everybody. And so... 93, 94, when Seth Free was still big, my dad met these guys, uh, Lucky Luciano and and uh, Steve-O, we called them at the time, and he was uh, basically, like, they were doing this store where they sold, like, Nikes, like, to, like, tourists. Like, you can, they tell you how to dress, Cortez, 501s. Sure. Like, do- it was dope, because we, you know, we couldn't even find that stuff in Orange County. So, we would buy a bunch, and anyways, we met those guys, when he was, and he was just, like, a DJ for Cypress Hill at that time, I believe, uh, my brother MJ and me were talking about laughing a few days ago, and so... My dad always was a great relationship guy. So now fast forward back to 96, 97, we're living in L.A., recording with Snoop and those guys. And then my dad starts meeting, uh, we're in L.A., so he starts meeting uh, House of Pain in Cypress Hill. And as Stefan starts introducing my dad to all these, you know, guys. And this right. is 90, now about 97, we um, moved to like right where Hollywood, like almost Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood and Highland. And my dad was there right in the mix again. So, so we're in the music business. He has He's helping people, but he ain't like back. He's kind of back to the Venice days, like where he's yeah. a little, like, again, thrown off another kind of another team. You know what I mean? And and believe me, he could have stayed on those teams. We could have stayed there. But my dad never would settle for, like, this is who I am. You don't like it? Get rid of me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going right. to change. And um, and most people change because they need that paycheck, you know? They'll do what the boss says. So, and, like somebody we know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same way, right? Yeah. You're the same way. Yeah, for sure. Do your way. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I did never, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and with that comes a lot of, you have to be a, a self hustler, you know, because you do it your way. You know, I always tell people, I tell young people, like, hey, keep your day job. You know, like, oh, I want to do t shirts or I want to do this. Or, I mean, you got to think we get hit up every day. It's, it's, uh, it's not easy to be that way, right? No, but, it's but, not. It, but, but when you're that way, you realize that's the only way. I never really changed my, my style. You know, I think uh, the church where I was at, they, they, they made me an evangelist. And, and for a minute there, I thought, oh, I have to sell myself or, or look a certain way. And I just could never do it, man. Right. You know, even when we did music, too, in back in the day, same thing. Our band was just our band. That's it. We just did it. And I think a lot of times, uh, maybe I didn't get to preach at certain churches because of who I was or 
how I was. I don't know. Maybe if I would have sold myself or marketed myself a certain way. Yeah. But I never felt inside. I, I feel I'm doing a disservice to myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, do you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, I mean, man, you know, going through all those different steps and seeing, learning from, obviously you learn from other people's mistakes. You know what I mean? And like, I learned from the good stuff from my dad and the bad stuff not to do. I mean, I learned all that, you know, I had a lot of good lessons in life. Uh, but I, re- I realized I gotta be me. Right. I can't be nobody else. I can't wear the tight jeans. It don't look good on me. I can't wear the turtleneck. I don't got hair, so I can't spike my, I mean, I'm not gonna be your normal looking dude. You know what I mean? I like who I am. Right. I mean, you gotta accept, you gotta accept and love who you are. You know what I mean? Like that's, I just love who I am. So I never, excuse me, pops never follow the trend. So you, you learn from your, you know, your examples. So I always said like, I want to be original. I don't want to be another carbon copy cut out. I, I heard a lot of your music, and that's that's what you talk about. Yeah, well, I, now I do. You know, be I mean? as me. Yeah, be as me. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's right perfect. there sums it up. Yeah, so so for me, dog, it ended up being like uh, I just didn't. My dad told us a long time ago. Me and my brother MJ, like when we were kids, he's like, "Hey, there's two routes you can take here. You can either put on a Hawaiian shirt, grow your hair out, don't get no tattoos, and you know nothing against Hawaiian shirts, but you know you could play the role. You know what I mean? Like you can play, you, you can be part of that scene." Or you could be like me and you could tattoo yourself and, you know, probably not get jobs maybe that easy and people are going to judge you. He gave us the, the you know, but you're kids and you, you want to be like your dad, you know. So we took that role and we chose, I take it, I chose, made my own decision. I'm a, you know, I'm a grown-up now. I could have changed or covered up myself or been a little more, uh, I don't know, cheesy. I don't know, whatever that is, you know, like right. whatever. But I chose this, you know what I mean? I chose to be who I am. I love who I am. But I, I, I think it's, it's, it always makes you feel better. Yeah, being I can't fit in. I mean, that's what, that was a problem. It was like my I always tell my dad, like, you were never meant to be on those teams. Like, that's how I look at it. Like, you were on the teams for maybe a learning lesson, but you weren't supposed to stay there as a stepping stone to where God was trying to get you to go. I didn't see it at that time. So once we did that, we started getting the music business. To fast forward, we went to the music business, and I was still bitter, didn't even care about God, didn't care about nothing, and just started, me and my brother started wanting to be, like, rap, you know, rap stars. You know what I mean? So we right. started traveling the world. Uh, we started doing the G-Rock thing. That guy hit us up, the owner there. was a cool guy, asked us to be on his label, because we really weren't trying to do Christian music, but it's kind of like we we're doing. We had really, that avenue. Yeah, we we the thing fell through with Rick Rubin, and then we were trying to get deals with Eminem's people. We had a lot of like a lot of offers, and just we just we just we would go into record labels in '98, '97, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're too uh, Mexican for the black market. You're too black for the black." You know, we got to remember that Ricky Martin didn't even hit come out yet till yeah. like late '97, somewhere around there. So we were right. coming in. We didn't speak. We didn't speak like crazy Spanish in our raps or anything. So they're like, "Well, what do you guys do?" We're like, "We're just rappers. We don't like." We're not like Latin rappers. We didn't want to put ourselves in no box. We're like, we like to do make good music. So there wasn't really no big Latin explosion. So there was no like Latin or like any reggaeton really that much at that time. Right. Any type of Latin hip hop. So they didn't really know what to do with us. Our friends from uh, from Delinquent Habits, they kind of had some hit success. And Cypress Hill had a lot of success. So we were hanging with those guys a lot. DJ Muggs, that whole Soul Assassin. Uh, they took us in and embraced us. They uh, sponsored us on the road, like Joker brand and all that stuff. It's just, and, it's just crazy, your story, man. Yeah, we were there in their like warehouses, bro. Like we were there. So we know also when you see it I now. Mean, just, just I, I think sometimes... People think you're lying or something, but 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 the travels through through. through I mean, really, that's that's why we really don't say dad, it. That's why I don't say it much. I don't go through. Really, podcasts. your dad, right? Oh, he. Yeah, I mean, really. the the travels and, and the the highs and the lows of going and just being around your dad. Yes, gave he, you a lot of opportunity. He has the for, ma- that guy for, had the he had the magic for for a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's the guy who first would go up. He would roll up on the hardcore rappers like Snoop Dogg and scare him. Know what I mean, dog? Yeah. Like, uh, he will, hey, what's up, Snoop Dogg? Like, well, he's the guy. He he, he was a, he's a relationship guy. He's the guy that people seem like, man, he's the OG. My dad right. was never there. I watch guys from House of Pain or Cypress. Sin Dog, a good friend of ours from Cypress Hill. 
he would just come and sit with my dad, you know, for help. Like, I love you. Like, he just want to be around my dad. Ives from Delinquent Habits. These guys all love my dad. Uh, anywhere we go, they knew us more than my dad, a lot of them. But we, uh, you know, Psycho Realm, Sick Jack, and they're all my brother's uh, good friend. Like, they just became the connection. They saw that we show up to their shows. We the supported them. Yeah. Plays a big role. Yeah, we would go to see Psycho Realm when there was like, you know, maybe 40 people in the club. And we support them. We were there when they were selling t-shirts, you know, at Cypress Hill shows. So we supported them and we were along the journey with them. Not being haters, but like, and we loved right. them. So we, they, they saw that. Those guys respect that. So uh, they, they, Those guys catch that right away. Yeah. I, I know a lot of First artists. guys. And, and a lot of the artists that I grew up around, um, you know, I know personally to this day. Yeah, it's cool. I see and pe- that, yeah. And people always tell me, you know, like, how do you know that guy? How, do you, how did you know him? And I was like... I met him at a show. We started talking, and and we became friends. And, there's and, there's yeah, something powerful know. about authenticity. Yeah, they know, bro. They know. They know from the start. These guys been through so much in their lives. A lot of these street guys, a lot of these guys in the industry, clothes guys, whatever. I mean, they know. They know what you're. They you know they got good intuition too. Right. They know if you're just trying to get a free CD, a free backstage pass. Something they know if you're them. trying to get a, a T-shirt. Oh, bro, like you know. And, and the th- the thing they saw with us is we were rolling deeper than all them. You know what I mean? They yeah. would have a little crew, and then my dad and our crew were rolling. There were like 40 of us on bikes, and they loved that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, wow, you guys roll hard, and you guys aren't like, they didn't see us like really going too crazy or like smoking weed or anything. They saw us as like, these guys are like men of, you know, God, you know? But so, they're, they're, they're hardcore, you know? So you're doing music. Yes. Your dad started up, kind of started up set free again. Or, yeah, he or, started start, up set free 100 times over. Yeah, right? <laughs> so <laughs> he started that up. guy, yeah. So once again. So about 99, we moved, so so we're doing music, we're doing all this, and right. then about 98, 99, or about 99, 98, he moves back to Orange County, which we ain't been back to Orange County in a long time, right? And we're, we're, where you guys are known. Where we're known. Good, good and bad. Good and bad. That's, so we go hometown. back, we go back, see, that's why we love LA, and I still live in LA, because uh, there's a, there's so much, there's like, they don't trip there. Like Orange County's very still. I love Orange County. It's my home. It's strict, but it's strict. A lot of it's rules. Different. A lot of, a lot of, yeah. And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot. Of, you probably could get away with something in Santa Ana, but yeah. everywhere else, you're I love not Santa. Get- Shout out Santa Ana, my boys over there, <laughs> Tafua. Uh, so yeah, we went back, and my dad started another church there. And within maybe two or three years, he okay. added 500 members. L- 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 let's, let's <laughs> I mean, the guy could build. You know right. what I mean? He, he, he could build it. and destroy. He's working on a book called, not to keep on talking about Pops, but he's a big part of my story. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to, he, he's, he's very big. at he build Because we rolled together for a long time. We still do. Uh, we had a lot of years apart, but we rolled together a long time. But he's he's right. He has a book coming out soon called uh, "How to How to Build an Empire and How to Like Wreck One or something like that or Ruin One." Right. Which I told him. I'm gonna you know, get your yeah, dad yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah, he wants to be on. I'm gonna, yeah. get, a, I'm gonna get your dad. He watched on the show. some of your stuff. He liked. He's like, oh, this cool. guy's super cool. First class stuff. I like that. You cool. know, because you remember he he's been oh, he's he's been doing this way back in the days. You know what I mean? I mean, he's been doing the. He knows. He he's big on like. What looks cool, you know what I mean? Everything right. looks cool. Like he wore stuff because it looked cool. He wasn't trying to be a, a let, let, let me, know, gangster. Let, let me switch gears here. So, if anybody Google's set free now, <laughs> there's a certain thing that comes up. We're very Googleable. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of stories in there. So this is about 2000. I know we're going. Right. It's about 2000. Okay, 2001. Me, we're doing the church. Okay, you're doing the church. There, you guys are doing some security for an outlaw. Biker gang here and there, right? I Funerals, guess, I different stuff. Right? Well, yeah, my dad was Maybe. always my dad got along with everybody. He's, he's their friend. You got remember he's an old school biker okay. from the, from the sixties. Okay. So. Hold on, so we was, uh, yeah, go we're gonna go there. Yeah, you go there. So doing security, he, he you guys turn into more of a club, correct? Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, I would call it a club. I mean, I, don't, I wasn't a ministry no more. It wasn't a ministry no more. No, because let, and let me stop you right there. Is because my dad started a, a thing called Servants for Christ. They were huge, right? And 
a lot of those guys when we were young growing up, I saw a lot of them run away when like there was some type of drama, right? Like okay. my dad always defended people. A lot of people he defended. People don't know that. It wasn't like it was all his drama. He defended guys in our club that were, you know, part of Servants for Christ, that right. whether they stole from an outlaw or they did something bad where they got himself in the jam and they owed money to them. And my dad was stepping in, like, you're not going to touch my guys. These guys are men of God, right? This is Servants for Christ okay. days. And when my dad would be surrounded by outlaw clubs or by gangs, whatever's, to confront him, and my dad step in, like, you're not going to touch this guy because, hey, he rolls with us. Give him a pass. A lot of these dudes, these same dudes, when my dad needed some love and backup, they disappeared. So as my all my youth for 10, 12 years watching dudes, I would watch a lot of them run when pops would be in confrontation or, you know, it could be at a club or it could be right. anywhere. And uh, so I never had respect for the servants for Christ, okay. right? So, I, and we so never your dad worked. makes his own club. Well, yeah, it was kind of like we, we kept on pushing them, a few of the guys in the club saying, Dad, we don't even want to be, we're not, we don't consider ourselves bikers. Like, yeah, we didn't even really care for bikes. We were raised around them. We were raised around, but we, we were kind of gang mentality. We were raised like, well, I mean, if I don't get along with somebody and I see him, it's on and cracking. That's right. what I learned from the, I got my friend from Temple Street and I took that with me the rest of the time. Even if you lose, you just fight. Right. No matter how small, big you are, you just go. You just, it is, because a lot of people won't go there. A lot of dudes will talk loud, tattoo their face, do this, be thugs. But when it comes down to going there, they don't really want to go there. Right. Most people. You yeah. know what I mean? They talk loud or bark on Instagram. But when you go down, hey, what's, let's get a crack in. Nobody's watching. Totally different story. The the the, the older generation is weird that way, but the newer generation is more so like, So is yeah. that how the, the club started? Yeah, yeah. The Sefri Soldier started from, like, we were, I, I told my my dad and my brothers and a few other homies that were, you know, we said, we don't want to join the Servants for Christ, right? It was cheesy. I said, Dad, it's been, it's been around for a lot of years. Maybe it was good at one time, maybe back in the days. But, I mean, but it, has got, it got washed I, out. And your dad being who he is. Well, my dad saw that, and he saw my dad, my dad rolls with youngsters, too. He don't like being around old people. So a lot of his old guys wanted to go eat donuts in Starbucks, and my dad was just like, man, I got to ride. My dad's a rider. Okay. He ride, he ride, he'll ride from, you know, so, chop so of the head. So your dad starts it? So, he, well, he starts with a few other guys, and like, and then he tells us, like, uh, So when do you get involved? I got in maybe, like, about six months, seven months after the soldier started, because okay. we were, like, we were, uh, he kind of made us prospect, you know what I mean? He's gangster. He's like, oh, here's getting in. But we're like, dude, we've been rolling with you since birth. But whatever, it's okay. So Prospect's so, his own son. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, heck yeah. He's about that life. So he took about like seven or eight of the guys from Servants who were like, because our thing with my dad's, we, we started partying a lot. Going to nightclubs, going to, you know, Vegas. We were doing a lot of, we are so rap, rapping. Now, now you're coming back down. Yeah, yeah. We're coming yeah. back down. Yeah, okay. we weren't even really up. He was maybe up, but we're like, we're, we never, cha- I don't think I've changed from when I was 13 or 14. I still had a bad attitude. I never talked to my dad about these issues. I was like, when okay. I get old enough, it's on and cracking. I'm going to like back this dude up and go to war for him. And he necessarily, he didn't, he didn't really want that, but he had kind of created us to be like, we're like Israel. Everybody's against us. I mean, my dad preached a lot to us too yeah. about, you know, like, Hey, it was set free. We're the best. Everybody stole from us. We're like so one and only, so, so you, we're you like death row, death row Christianity. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, you got a little chip on your yeah, shoulder. Little, oh, big chip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big Dorito. So you chip. guys get in the, in the club. So we're doing music stuff at this time. Right. And right. MJ was in the club yet, but we were doing like music, traveling the world, all this. We had great opportunities. We were yeah. going to Europe, rapping for the troops, Iraq. Bosnia, all these great things were happening, but man, we and we, my dad had a 500 member church at that time in Buena Park, but my dad got tired. He was like, I just don't want to do this no more. Like, and then he had a lot of guys in the club. We had a lot, like a bunch of our guys owned businesses and stuff. So we recruited a whole different crowd and they made a lot of money. So my dad started seeing like, oh, they'll take care of me, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to do church. Anymore. I don't have to do a church to make money or to pay or help people. I'm like, I can help people wherever I'm at, right? Right. So, um, we kind of were doing the rap thing, but we and we were still traveling and. And, and then uh, he started the clubs, every soldiers, and we were just riding everywhere. And uh, the servants kind of, we told our dad, like, we were at bars and stuff, and we don't want to have a drink in our hand 
and have a Jesus patch on our back. I'm just being honest. That was the real conversation of like, if our dudes are smoking weed, you know, cause we're totally away from God at this time, the youngsters, I don't want to say for my daddy's his own man. Uh, but we were prideful and we were looking for, we, were, we, we weren't going to look for trouble, but we weren't going to back down no more. And we we're back in orange County. So you're, so you guys are real club. You, you, I don't like to call it a real club because you know, we were, we we're a brotherhood. Okay. We we're a brotherhood. No, I mean, not a, not a one percenter, but you guys were a legit club that would. Yeah. Take care of business. We were a club, yeah. I mean, Orange right? County, we had a big, we had a big group. We, okay. we, so we, we, and remember, we had a lot of street guys, and we still had homes and dudes coming out of prison yeah. that wanted to be loyal to us and wanted to ride with us and wanted like. And then my brother made a clothing brand called Soldier Made, which was huge. You know what I mean? Uh, and even if people weren't part of the club, the branding is what we do best. Right. Set free is like you. People would say you guys had a thousand guys with you. I'm like, well, no, we only had I like. And that 50. logo was legit. Yeah, we had like 50 guys. You know what I mean? But they would yeah. think we had 500. Like until you hear stories about my dad walking into a place and they're like, oh, I saw your dad like 20 dudes, and I'm like. He only has like maybe seven, eight guys around him right now. But, well, you know what I mean? But that's just a myth. So me and MJ kind of were rapping, making money, doing that. T-shirt, you know, he, he, he kind of started a t-shirt brand behind the club, you know, like as a support right. club. And then uh, and then we basically just didn't want to be, we don't want to be hypocrites either. Like I told my dad, when we're out, we don't want to be judged. Like people, when you had servants or Christ on your back, like, oh, you guys love Jesus, praise God, and like slap your back. So you, guys are, and, you guys are not... You guys are not safe. Christian bikers to me were cheesy yeah. at that time. So you, you, guys are I mean? just, you guys are just bikers. Uh, yeah, you're doing. Let's 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 let's. We're gonna fast forward, chill. Yeah. You, you you're taking too long here. I'll get to the good stuff. Okay, so to... you guys doing security, right? That's for for another for an outlaw biker gang. I don't know about security. We're just doing all. We we just like look at. We just they loved us. Some okay, of these clubs. So they loved us. They like we were their brothers. They're friends. Are friends. Yeah, friends like brothers Associ- who wear different brothers who wear different uh, patches. Okay, you know, and many times we could have went to different different clubs. Wanted us, but so, our crew was like so, similar colors. Oh yeah, yeah we've been yeah yeah for sure. Similar logo. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty I close. Mean, I mean, bro. Okay. My, we so, got a lot of family in that club. You know what I mean? Right. At that time, so it no was problem. like it was all I get love. It. Yeah, I it get was, it. yeah. But my dad did funerals for everybody. He did funerals for every for the red and white, the green, the black. He had friends in every club. Okay. And for a long time, he yeah could, because he, he came up with that other famous club, right? Um. I mean, he he knew those guys. Early oh, he on. knew a lot of guys from yeah, okay. but he knows a lot of guys. The Green, they're they were like family. I mean, at one time, I mean, we a lot of those guys. I mean, we had we had a bunch of we had all different types would come to set free. It was neutral ground. So now it's a bi- a biker club gang, whatever, whatever oh, yeah. you want to call it, right? Gang, you could call whatever. I, I called a gang at the time, you know. You guys get a little running at, a, at in Newport, right? Yeah. Well, at, we end up opening, we open our own nightclub in Costa Mesa. We stopped doing church. Church is done. My dad said, I'm again, out of church. Again. Again. Yeah. Okay. 500 people he told again, hey, God bless you. But And then again, my dad was thinking that, you know, now this is his family. Like, he made a church. What pastor does this? Like, if you weren't part of the Soldier Bike Club and you weren't part of, you had a membership only. So imagine only family. So he, had, so, so, he was so still now, doing church. Yeah, now we're talking real cult club. Very now, cultish. Uh, okay. Very cultish. You said it. I didn't. But, okay. But I mean, yeah, it was, it was it, look, we were tired. We were tired of people talking bad about us. We're tired of at being used. At this point, you really have a chip. At yeah, this point, it's, 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 it's past Tupac It's a whole bag attitude. of chips. It's, oh, it's yeah, just, it's, it's, it's just, gangster it's, stuff. It's, it's like, just like, okay, like, this is the life we're going to live Orange now. County, if you lived in Orange County at that time in the you know for a few uh, good few years from about 2001 to 2000 until we got busted, you know, you, you, it was right, on and cracking. Let, let, let's talk about the busted. I, I got some other stuff I want to okay. get to. So you guys get into it with uh, an outlaw, 1%. Yeah, 
Some do. Yeah. What happened is you don't you don't tell people. They told my dad something you know uh, earlier on, and we were friends with uh, not friends, but we got along with everybody, right? We were neutral. Like, yeah. hey, we're not, we represent. We're not even part of the outlaw world. We got our own thing. We would right. we would just ride party. We had a nightclub. We had a big nightclub in Orange County, Costa Mesa, which was close to this other people, right? And we had like uh, Snoop Dogg there and Too Short. We had rap shows and just gangsters. Like we were there just on and cracking. We would have fights there. We'd we were getting bad worse fights than the fights that happened in the future with these guys, you know, and uh, and just becoming straight. You know, when you fall into sin, we we just you know we dove head. We didn't just fall into sin; we dove head first in. All the way, in. Well, all the way, and we don't do anything half. You know, uh, <laughs> if it's ministry, we're gonna do all. That's why I say, if I'm not helping if it's people, sin, we're sinning. If I'm not helping people, David, I'm hurting people. Okay. So there's no in between me. You're not gonna ever have to question me. So, so, so your dad we, gets into that. This well, yeah. I mean, the story goes down that you know, like basically, were you there? Like, yeah, I showed up a little bit after the okay. incident. But MJ I was, was yeah, there. Yeah, MJ right? was there, and I, when I got there, it was already kind of bled into the streets. You know what I mean? And it was a very uh, just yeah. I mean, just a bad situation. The people involved were like you know people that my dad did like marriage counseling and help people involved like on the other side. So it wasn't ever like you know. But the thing was, they basically told us like, hey. You guys can't, you know, be around those other people, you know. And my yeah. dad's like, "You're not gonna tell me nothing." My cousins, you know, it. My, you know, I've, I've, I've been respectful to you guys, and my cousins in that group, and you know, like I got family, and right. I got a lot of good homies, like my boy nephew Nick. You know, uh, shout out to him. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people I, I love uh, from that group, and and uh, and we we never like they never made us pick aside those guys. They were just like, "Hey, you guys are you guys do your thing. Neutral. We love you. We respect you." Yeah. Uh, and and we just had a lot of family in that group. And, and but we were our own people. We rolled, you know, we rolled our own. You know, what right. that's what they liked about us. It's like we were just us, you know. And so that had happened. There was a lot of there's a lot of gossip. The biker world's a big drum uh, drum roll sometimes, just like the gang world. It can be a big drum roll. They heard different gossip the other sides, you know, whatever. But whatever happened, they showed up to the beach that day. Uh, we were down there watching one of our uh, kids' son like in a surfing competition. But we were all we did party at that time, and a lot of our brothers were drinking at that time. So a lot of people say, well, if you weren't in a bar, that would never happen. It's like. You, you guys at this time weren't saved. So I, I, I don't know. I think we're always saved. I, mean, well, I, don't know. Well, I think we now just. Now you're talking about Calvary stuff. No, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, just a pants. I, I mean, mean, I never. We may have left Christ, but he never left us. That's what I'm saying. Because we're, I'm sitting here alive right now. Yeah. And that's the reason why I'm alive is because right. of Christ. So yeah, we, we fell away. Or, you know, people say you uh, fell from uh, glory or whatever, fell, fell from grace. I said, no, right. I fell into grace. That's how it works. But yeah. yeah, we were out of our mind at that time. Okay. We were like, ain't nobody can tell us nothing. So we you guys were, get into it. Oh yeah, it's so a bad get, brawl. Some people get hurt. Yeah, some bad. people got stabbed. Yeah, it was yeah, bad. It turned right? into you know. I mean, basically, here's the thing: if it was your dad and somebody was you know going to attack him, what would you do? Well, we would fight. Yeah, it don't matter if they're from this group or that group. Matter. And we were, remember we were taught this mentality as youngsters in the Temple Street Gang, like the LA area. It was like, hey, you don't ever back down. Right. And you know, and some the guys like, you had in your in in your in your guys, they club, weren't Boy Scouts. Yeah, they were they, they were legit dudes. A lot right? of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're legit dudes now in other clubs. So right. they're they're gangster in those clubs. So they, you know, they, so this, they brought them into that. And then this they, is all bad. All bad. Well, it went bad because it was on, it was recorded too. It was on film. So we didn't know nothing about it being filmed. I mean, it was on like the bar surveillance. But yeah, basically, my dad, I'm not going to make anybody sound like we had some issues before that. So it didn't just out of nowhere they, oh, like uh, the Christian story. We were just protecting God. We we're the men of the faith. We were just about Jesus and they were about the devil. Right. Nah. We had ran our mouth and we had stood our ground and we had said stuff and feelings got hurt and people, you know, disrespect us. Gossip happened on different, whatever. And, you know, people didn't come talk to us directly. And then in the bar, some dude who wasn't even part of our club, it was just like a hang around. He shot off his mouth and said something. You know what I mean, bro? Like he said something. Why my dad was my dad's a good politician. I watched my dad surrounded many times. Yeah, we've been surrounded many times. We've thrown blows many times, but my dad's always pretty much walked out of it. Been unscathed. able to talk about it. Yeah, he just is like he's an OG, so he's like, hey, let's talk about it. And then usually it's somebody that he helped out was just mad or so. Upset. This is just somebody stupid. 
Yeah, it was, and, and it was getting serious by then. You know, it started turning like we couldn't wear certain things in that area, uh, Orange County, and we we did. You know what I mean? From this other group who came in to beat, you know, to to beat us up or talk whatever the story was. And yeah, from then on, it was just like, uh, and it's been years. I've never talked about it. This is the first time I've ever talked yeah. about it in, in over a decade. So, um, and it's all done and good now. But yeah, pretty much it was. Uh, they, you know, they, so they say, this dude so they, said something. They do throw a punch, and my brother-in-law, you know, uh, Turtle, my wife's uh, husband, you know, threw, down. threw a right cross, knocked somebody out, and then it was on. The whole bar went crazy. Well, and they, always, we, they always say we had, you know, they say on video, he has like twenty guys in there. I'm like, dude, and they had like seven, right? I'm like, yeah, but the reality is, like, uh, a lot of our dudes in the bar. If you watch it, there's video on YouTube and stuff. They're not like we didn't release that. The cops did, so we fought more during the case. They wanted us to, like, you know, hurt each other, um, you know, like to, to stir up more strife, but um. They basically like, uh, like a lot of the homies weren't even like throwing blows. They were just like backing, you know. And I was like, dude, we're this is us. Imagine if it was another club, you you know, it, it would have been over. They, it yeah, been yeah, been bad. yeah. We had a little bit of like Jesus in us. We're like, and and and, and luckily, the thing is, my little brother and me were outside, and my dad's always grateful for that because he knows we were out of our. My little brother's pretty gangster. MJ's a cool, real mellow dude. MJ just kind of try to like like hold on to somebody that got knocked out so he didn't get knocked out again, uh, um, you know, in the bar. But if it was us, probably it would have been, you know, we were, me and my little brother had a lot of issues, uh, anger issues, and it would have been, I'd probably still be in jail or dead. So um, I'm grateful, you know, that God spared yeah. me. And, um, and but as people are dragging people out of the bar and, I, and we're scrapping out, and people are flying out front, it was, just, it was like, bro, it was mayhem. And w- why would we pick the biggest club, one of the biggest clubs in America start a war with that's yeah. all i'm saying it right. was not like it wasn't like that you know what i mean you guys were on the defense i mean you can watch the video i mean i just go off of that i mean i no i mean i mean there's no reason for you guys to go on the fence here's the thing where like you're not i don't care what i don't care where you're from or what we were raised with respect so here's saying all that don't really work with us we were like hey you got facts or whatever or we could be gentlemen and get down in the alley one-on-one it was never like uh we were that type of guy like even the biker world is code but, you know, stuff changes in life and things change. People say this or say that and, you know, uh, it ends up being gossip. You know, you, you just it, it's, it could have been worked out. Like, if I always thought, like, if that dude wouldn't have shot off his mouth, one of our guys to them, maybe it would never happen. Right. But it, it, it had to happen in order for us, God, to humble us and get us to where we're at now. And it's not a great way, but God used big things to get our attention. And then from that, then on. And that was pretty big, <clears> right? Because there was, there was, didn't the feds get involved in that whole situation? Big, yeah, we had the biggest raid in Orange County history till this day. Biggest raid. I mean, Christian us from my dad being a hero in Anaheim. I, re- to being- I remember MJ used to have his, wasn't his profile picture uh, a FBI surveillance uh, Probably. picture? Bro, it was crazy. So, I, so, so after that, like, and I'm trying to fast forward through it so we get through the yeah, story. Yeah. Like, and and I'm and you got to matter. I'm just married at this time, man. I'm just I'm, I don't even know how to be a husband. I'm just I'm just always writing. We're always just we're just making, just trying to make up, you know, for just the lack of our relationship with Christ. Just trying to be somebody, you know. I don't even say what we're not. Just being, we were never called to be that. We we're called to serve the Lord. You know what I mean? Called to help people, and we just we, we crossed the line. You know what I mean? We just fell. Right. We went to the other side. You know, so you, we, you can help these people. You I mean, be this careful. is this is pretty crazy. This and we is had more... a we had an A and E show too. That's what's crazy. People don't realize we had a lot of money about to sign with it. We had our, like our manager was Dog the Bounty Dog the Bounty Hunters manager. A and E just offered us a huge deal, and they already did. They did one episode where they fought. It was called Saner Sinner. Bro, we this is before Sons of Anarchy. Our bikes looked um, they they bit us. They bit a lot of people, different clubs. But we had like the nicest bikes, the fastest nightclubs. We had stuff cracking, and we had they filmed our lives how we saw drug detox and help people. But we were st- on the streets, like you know, we were just not Parties. you know party. Yeah, yeah, just kind of like this. Who we are? You don't like it? Don't matter. We're done pleasing the church. We're done going by your politics. You guys eat your own. We're, we're our own. You know, you know. So yeah, that's where it ended up being. Where you again. 
you you take Jesus out of the equation, you take your eyes off of Jesus, and man, I don't care how tough you are, how he gonna bring you to your knees. And we didn't think it was gonna be anything like this. Just so you know, David, we never woke up that you know morning thinking like, if you could have told me this was gonna happen, this whole situation, what? I would have never thought it. I mean, we it's, never. It's a crazy story. I mean, it's a crazy. It's a move, very there was, there was movie some in, worthy. There was some in, yeah. Definitely. And then some indictments. Know, some. Oh, yeah. And then to know this, that's what's crazy is, see, we didn't know it was going to be this big, right? So we end up, what's even crazier is we had all these, we had, my dad still lives at the same place, but they, we had four or five homes on that street. We had a compound, all bikes were parked out like, like a clubhouse. You know what I mean? Uh, my dad was very easy to find. Never, you never ran. He's always like, this is where I am, you know? And um, when that happened, a lot of, you know, a lot of our brothers, we had a meeting, a lot of brothers quit. My dad was like, I'm sorry for bringing you guys into this thing, but they're going to, you know, they're going to strike back. It's not going to be over. You know, this is ongoing right. now. You're like, all right. And a bunch of us were like, yeah, like, that's what we, this is. You know what I mean? This like, this is it. Oh, like this is, you're, you're born for the day of adversity. You can die for your brother. That was our scripture, right. which is crazy. But I mean, that's was like, ours was like, this is war. We're doing this for God. You know, we, we mix Jesus with, 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 with that. Cause this people, die, people die for a patch, right? Yeah. That's big. Our neighbor at our street corner. Ours is like, nah, we're bigger. We're down. We get heaven. So, so, so now you guys are coming back to, to Christ. No, not that time. No, no it got worse. Still? No, yeah, we we let we after the after the fight that just made it even more like oh we're on it's on and cracking. You know what I mean? And like we we're getting respect from a lot of different uh, people too. Like hey, dog, you guys are down. Like we we're so what happened was that we didn't we didn't think it was gonna be this big, and we didn't know that we were being watched by the feds and by law enforcement, yeah. FBI, and everybody. We didn't know that. We just were living our lives, partying, riding. But once that happened, we knew every, our lives changed that day after that fight. Like we knew, and I knew in my dad's eyes that that guy, my dad knows. Cross the line, yeah. More well, than more than any other time. We've been in some crazy situations with neighborhoods and stuff, and yeah. we've been in some stuff uh, where we've been like, you know, we, but but you know, you scrap and you're done when it's over. But this we knew because someone had got stabbed. You know, what I mean that it was probably going to be, and that bad. one of our guys did the stabbing. You know, not like we told the guy do it, but it's you know, you got guys who are gangsters and come from that lifestyle. That's what they know. You know what I mean? And and so so yeah, we we end up. Um, and what people don't realize is we had a house on that on the beach there where the thing was. So we partied there. So it wasn't like we just went to there to find trouble, just so it make clear. But um, we end up, yeah, we end up uh, two weeks after that, we were in the biggest raid in Orange County history. You know what I mean? And uh, we didn't realize we saw, like, we would always party out front of our house and be out, like, we had big barbecues. We were just, we were, we were just, like, we were kind of on the down low. Now every, we told everybody, hey, it's like code, whatever. It's, we got to stay on the down low. My dad said, if, you know, anybody wants to leave now and half, pretty much about... We had about maybe about maybe about sixty guys in our club in Orange County, you know, pretty strong. And then we had a bunch in the Inland Empire, right. you know. Uh, so we had maybe about a hundred guys there. That, I mean, over a hundred guys. We weren't super massive group. We were small, which made us even crazier. We were small and tough, you know what I mean? It was like, uh, and uh, a lot of dudes act tough. Maybe they have hundreds of numbers. We didn't have that. We had a small group, and everybody knew where we were at. We were easy to find. And uh, but a lot of guys quit that day. They're like, I didn't sign up for this, bro. I signed up for church, or I signed up for Jesus. You know what I mean? And which is understandable, man. I yeah, mean, you're but going my, up against the biggest crew. But my but my brother in law stood up that day and he goes, "Hey, part of my friends, if you're watching, hey, you pussies, get out of here!" And you go, "You don't want to roll with Pastor Phil? Like this guy saved your life, you know?" Like he started like laying into him, like, "Oh man, I mean, he's giving a guilt trip." And then due to like we're you know really tough guys too, right? We're like, bro, this is the end. I gotta go. So we had about maybe forty guys left, and we were like, "Hey, it's on and cracking, whatever." And then a few other people reached out to us, and you gotta remember, my dad's real close with some of the, you know, rest in peace, some of the big dudes from Orange County. You know what I mean? He always had people who loved him, and my dad could have pressed a button at times too. You don't realize pops is. Well, he, well connected. He never used any of those connections. He was like, I brought you guys to the lion dance. I'm going to get you out of here. He turned back to Jesus real fast. 
He turned back to Christ. Okay. Yeah. He knew that, hey, I know we have to, this is bad. Like, this, bad. Is, this is like, it's bad how, news. How did you guys squash that beef? Um, or was it ever squashed? I don't think it's ever squashed. I don't I mean, we don't. I, mean, I think the, player, the players involved are no longer part of that club. Yeah. Some of them, and um, I don't want to speak on them, but that's, you know, I, it's one of those things. Here's the thing. It's never passed. It just is what it is. It's like we've seen them on site, and it's uh, we're different people now. You know what I mean? We don't bang that no more. I don't bang that no more. That's not my hood. But remember, I took that was like that soldier thing was everything I loved. You know what I mean? Like, I, I learned the gang mentality from my homies in Temple Street, and I took that into the future, not taking the good things of Jesus stuff. I learned outreach. It was more like we wanted to be. We were like, this is our time. We were church kids. We wanted to now rebel, and we wanted to be, you know. So we ran with that. We, we A lot of our brothers and friends came in, and my brother MJ joined it later on. The soldier, and, and dude, and so what happened was that we were, at, we were tripping out. We're out front, and we seen, like, a car, undercover car, smash into a car in front of them. And while they smash, and they're staring at us, they're taking pictures and right then we knew because cops would always roll by and they flip us off. We flip them off. We throw bottles at them. You know what I mean? And by that time we're locked and loaded. We got rifles, you know, uh, on the roof and ammunition. We're ready. We're this you is know, crazy to because we right? were gonna, you know, we were threatened to be firebombed. This is MySpace day, so we get threatened online. Whatever the story, it was some crazy threats. And then you know, it's kind of like on site. You know what I mean? There, I get it. You know what I mean? It was bad. Something bad happened. You know? Yeah. And we're supposed to, we're like Christian guys. You know, we're supposed to be go down is that your, way. Is your other club friends? Stepping up with you guys, or are they kind of plead just... the fifth on okay, that okay, one? Okay, okay, okay. I gotta protect. I, I gotta got protect. You. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I got here's you. the thing: it was like, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy situation. It could have got even worse, and a lot of us were like, "Hey, let's go to you know, uh, some of my brothers." I was like, "I'm gonna go to that side," you know what I mean? Because they got massive numbers, so I'm gonna roll with them, and we're gonna be all right. He's telling my dad, "We just gonna click up with these guys." And, and my your dad, dad was like, "My dad's like, no, we're about Jesus, man. We got to get back to our first love. We we fell off. We fell off. It's my fault. It's my fault. Man. You know." And he was just like it's preaching crazy. us, and the youngsters weren't hearing that. They were like, nah, you ain't going to tell us nothing, Chief. Like, it's all, it's over. You know what I mean? We're, and I mean, I remember a situation happened after the fight where certain individuals from the other side came close to our house. Like, the, to the, they came, like, pulled up and, like, were out there, like, you know, it was about to crack and again. And they were like, and, 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 and I remember I was so out of my mind and so in sin and so, like, I got to get my dad out of the house. He was at my same house. I got him out of my house because they were coming, like, probably do something dirty, you know? Yeah. Before I even got my own wife and kid. Wow. Because my loyalty was to, the, to that to that man. Because when I was a little kid, remember, 93, her kid. Ain't nobody ever disrespect my dad. It's like, you love your father. I don't care what anybody says. I, I don't regret end. it. Yeah, till the end. Like, we're going to die together, me and him. And I remember that um, my wife looked at me like, how can you protect him? I mean, I had guys on the door watching her, you know, with guns right. and stuff. But from then on, yeah, we were strapped up every night. We we worked shifts. And my dad was, like, partying at the time, kind of, like, doing his thing. And uh, him my mom. It's just about, crazy that it's. it's him and my mom would be at my, him, my mom, clubs. And they'd it's be like. It's the club. Biker club, it's Jesus, it's party. We are pulling from different it's angles, just yeah. Like, and then conviction. When you're in conviction, you're a believer. It's, it's even crazy. worse. It's even worse. See, I was a conviction. I was convicted, so I felt even more bad. Does that make sense? I yeah. felt more worse. So I was like, yeah, I'm living miserable. Because every every now and then it gets popped in your head. Yeah, like, you. What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? And you're but you once you're deep into sin, bro, you're so and you feel Art. no way out. And then and then and then like so then. Um, my dad was he would go out like they told like like pretty much had a hit out on my dad some people you know and basically my dad was like oh you can tell I'm going wherever I want still so my dad was saved but he's still prideful and still going and him my mom would go out to places so we worked 24 hour shifts kind of like wherever he went I had guys in the parking lot and our club was like we were tired our guys had jobs and stuff but they were like working my dad wouldn't go home and just stay at home he's like nah ain't nobody gonna make me I ain't afraid to know so he's still being prideful and um, they're putting like addresses on like MySpace blogs where to find them at you know to have dudes like young guys hit them you know and uh, so we'd be out there with guns strapped, you know what I mean? Never, I was like, well, how do we get this far? That's why I used to tell myself. And then, like, I couldn't protect my wife and my precious things. I, you know, like, I Y'all was like. Y'all were at the Dream Center living in the nuns' quarters. Now you're 
But you got to remember, looking the, out for but, but you met Nuns Quarter, you couldn't. But here's even at Nuns Quarter, we couldn't even sit in the living room. I know, but I'm just you saying. Because you get shot at. I just, I know what I'm saying. That's a difference. Oh yeah, now the enemy's us. Yeah, like yeah, now, yeah, we're the, was, now we're the ones being prayed. Yeah. Now, and, and here's the thing, and we, you got to understand, we, we had lost the church. We weren't church boys no more. Oh, it was, it was, we, it was. We, it was we, you I mean, remember, we were about that life too. So it was like that was the thing. It was like when you mix that too, it's not good. So it's way extreme. Yeah, way extreme. We went from I said we went extreme. So we was so we went there, and then and then two weeks. What happens is this happens next. So we're all locked and loaded. I got we got guys living at my dad's. We're we got guys staying up twenty four seven. It's on a crack, and we're watching for them, watching for us. And one morning, it was August, I believe, eighth. I think uh, two thousand and I want to say eight somewhere. Yeah, I think I don't know exact details of the. It's been a while now, a long time since God brought us out of that. But uh, all I remember is flash grab. I lived in the front house. And I had a few of my hitters that like lived there and they're on the couch and stuff with locked and loaded weight. Like, you know, they had fell asleep, you know, like the scripture, like, I mean, about when Jesus went to pray, my dad lived in like a guest house in my back house. So they weren't your Peters. No, no, they were in the best. Oh no, we had a few Peters before that okay. though. Kissed us and they went to the other, that, <laughs> a few of our Peters are the ones who stirred up a lot of this drama. Just so you know, okay. gossip. That's how it works. Usually Peter, man. Yeah. Pe- so we weren't, we weren't tripping, but, uh, but it, my dad lived in my back house with my mom. Right. And then my wife, my, my daughter, my, my stepsons, they're like uh, 12. 11 at that time and then a, and then a few other uh, and then my brother MJ lived next door with his family and then, then we had a bunch of our guys from the club on down the yeah. street and one across so all I knew is I, I heard an explosion at like uh, 5 a.m. which they don't do that's against the law to do a raid at, uh, before like 6 a.m. or something I don't know if you ever know much uh, of the law yeah I know now but uh, you're not supposed to do it before like I mean there's a certain time and this ain't like where they bang down your door and run in they were so afraid to even come in Law enforcement, three over 145 law enforcement from Santa Ana SWAT team, FBI, ATF. What, uh, are, what are they looking for, Joe? Well, it's the great story. It's the the, the story of the cult, gang, Christian okay, turned so, bad. So They're are looking we, for uh, drugs, uh, prostitutes. They, I, if I told you what they look for, you'd be like, they took my wife's clothes because they said my wife's, my brother, MJ. Like a, and, a, a David rock, Koresh. Yeah, uh, my wife's, they said that. ATF, Because they, right they had fancy clothes like Prada and all, whatever, you know, Gucci. Like they, they said my wife and my little brother Rock and, and MJ's wife, because we all had wives that, uh, and, uh, they said like they took all their clothes, like their jeans, like their true religion jeans. They said it was all like prostitution money. Like our girls were prostitutes. Because our wives are very pretty or whatever. I mean, you know, they're working the streets for us. And that's the... And then, and then they, they dug up... I mean, dude, they dug up holes in our yards. I mean, if I showed you pictures from the, what they did, you'd be like, did an explosion happen here? I mean, it works worse than an earthquake. I mean, they put holes in our ceilings, dude. Well, what were they thinking, though? They were looking for weapons, drugs, guns. They, they We didn't know we were in an investigation for the last two and a half years. And, and, and how... Oh, two and a half years. So you guys have. So here's you, the thing. Here's two the and a half years. You, you help, guys have. You, you guys help, have the. You help a lot of outlaws and gangsters. Right. Take them in your home. You take dudes who aren't even gangsters, but they're doing. Pre, you know, have present time point. on drugs. Okay, I see. They leave because your dad throws them out, or because they broke the rules. They do drugs in your house. Some of these just regular, even drug addict guys. Snitch. Snitch. Yeah. They get time. Make up story. Yeah, make up story. Hey, like, hey, I can tell let, you about Pastor Phil. What he's doing. You know what I mean? You like, got so, this going on. This going on. Yeah, remember a lot of dudes that are street guys. There's a lot of tough dudes that keep this code, but then you got a lot of new guys that are like, you know, they're just trying not to get violated. So they're like, let me tell you about Pastor Phil. I was there, and they do drugs, and they smoke. I don't want to go jail. They got money. Yeah. So, uh, so that so when so when they had they were questioning us, and then so I always wondered about that because well, I knew they did the raid, and I heard about that, and I knew. And I would trip out on MJ's profile picture with the, the, you know, I don't know how he got that picture, but it was like a picture of a, like a, a far lens or whatever. Well, and they give you all, like, here's the thing, what happens with how it works. And this, this is all new to us because we never seen it like this before. I mean, people have, we, we've had raids before, like probation raids where they have to knock on the door and like, cause we have people living sure. in a probation, but nothing like this. This was like, I mean, I thought it was the end times. Like so first, I, I, first I thought out. it was the other team Yeah, because I heard an explosion, right? They hit our heart, they hit our, our house 
pretty hard because we had Anaheim PD and they hate us the most. They hate us the most at the time for for reasons they could and couldn't. I mean, they, a little. Uh, but they had they were down the street at Target. They told us at the parking like lot and like hundreds of them, and they're watching our videos. We used to do videos before all these other clubs did videos. We had a lot of videos. With music, and you gotta remember this in 99, 2000, 2001, we were doing music videos. I mean, not all biker groups do it, but back in the days, you weren't allowed to do it or whatever the story was. But we were putting hip hop songs with us riding our own music, you know, and and so they watched all these videos getting amped up, right? To see, like, this is a cult, like, these guys got weapons. It's packed. Because remember, my dad's, they haven't liked my dad in Orange County, the city of Orange County, for a lot of years. City Hall is trying to throw them out many times. So remember, this is all built up from the old days to now. The old days. All the rumors. It all came true. It, it, the, the, I mean, the, some of it, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. this is what they've been you, waiting you, for. You guys go to Venice. They're thinking, oh, they're hanging around people over there. Mm-hmm. You guys are on Temple Street. Oh, yeah. You're, you're connecting all these game members. Oh, they brought it all you back. You come back, and now you're back to the... In Orange County, again, all... Now you got and, a and you fo- following this, again. There's soldier-made heads everywhere, and they all thought that was my dad's head. I mean, that was him. It wasn't him. It was I always just a guy was with a German helmet on. Nah, it was just, yeah, I mean... I always thought it was dead. Nah, yeah. But, I mean, people thought that and said set free, you know what I mean? So, like, and my dad was always pro set free. Till this day he dies, he's set free. He loves the name. I mean, that's just his thing, you know that's what I mean? Thing. And uh, so he added the soldiers, and, and you know, because we were soldiers, you know. So, so, th- so I'm saying that, but, like, then the branding, you got to mention all of Orange County. Orange County's not that big. There's soldier heads everywhere you went. Right. Like support. You so know the what police, mean? the police. So there's hundreds of youngsters so wearing it in high schools all I'm over at, Orange at County. A cop, I'm thinking, yeah, this is uh, something going on here. Dude, my stepkids, my stepson's at Fountain Valley High School students. They're wearing soldier heads, you know, support. I mean, it was everywhere because it was cool. It was like a clothing brand too. Yeah. So welcome to the family and, you know, soldier stuff and had the, uh, so it was just, it was a, it was like even dudes get, dudes were breaking into places and robbing homes and they're wearing a soldier sweatshirt or set free. I mean, if, if it's right. guilty by association type thing where we, and, and so yeah, they just end up putting us in but all not, together. But nothing really illegal is going on. Is it? No, I mean you got dudes on the side, maybe selling some weed or I something, mean, but nothing like on a not on that level. No, it's not like a like a regular club, bro. Here, here's the thing: club. if they could have got, well, yeah, I mean they could have got that stuff, they would have got it. You know what I mean? They got a lot of cool. guns because you gotta understand. Like I had guns, and then like and, and they'd have a lot. We had a couple on the compound, but my dad was always. If anybody knew my dad, he he was against like don't carry guns, don't carry knives because you end up using them. Yeah. Every, see if you if you know pops, he was never for that. He would always tell us, don't you know once you get your hands blood on them, it's over. It's, you're going to take like taste of blood. So he was a big advocate, but he also, you know, he didn't stop it. And he liked the protection. He did, liked, he was like, he was that prize, prideful guy. Did anybody do time for that? Yeah. My brother-in-law did two and a half years. Here's the thing. The worst is this. So we get, we get, we get, but they, they, the flashlight grenades come through the door. I thought it was the other team first. So yeah. I run out with the strap and I'm like, oh man, like I'm looking, I look down the hallway and it's filled with smoke. I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is, you know, like, and then, and then I look and I'm keeping my wife and kids in the room and all you hear is explosions, like a freaking like 4th of July. Right. And I'm looking, dude. And I look down the hall and I see one of my guys, he's laid out and he looks like he'd been shot. He's like, Oh, and this is a big dude. His name was Gabe. And literally like basically they shot him with a rubber bullet. Right. Thank God it was a rubber bullet, not a real gun. But that's still, cause he ran out to fight. Like he just woke up out of his sleep and ran out and started throwing karate kicks. Right. Right. And they shot him out of the air. And then I look and I see a tank. On the front yard. So you already know. So then I said, this is the end times. I thought <laughs> Christians are being, I mean, this yeah. is out of my mind. You the know? end times, man. See? Yeah, this this is how, this is out of my <laughs> mind. Kevin talking about the end times, uh, man. Let's talk about that later. Look at that. <laughs> so I was out of my mind thinking, bro, like, this is it. Like, this is this is what we're born for. This is the day. Like, you know, like, get your straps in. I realized it was, and then I hear a loudspeaker. This is the Anaheim PD. Come out. Imagine, like, a big, the biggest sound system you ever it's, heard. It's, it's such a trip that. You're so ingrained in the church. That's all you ever known. 
They throw a raid on your house, and you're just saying, yeah, this is the end time. Yeah, that's that's a, a, you, know I mean? you justify your sin. Christians justify their right. sin. Yeah, they like they. You want to make it like, no, this probably isn't the reaping the the repercussions of what we what happened. And we didn't think we didn't know we were being investigated for two and a half years. So I look out the window, right? Because out a window that kind of looked to the other side of the street, and I see MJ's house. Like I see a big. Uh, I can see it's like a rock throw away. It's like a big speaker in the street saying, this is Anaheim, please come out of your hands. Aguilar's, they're just saying, Aguilar's, come out of your hands up. And when they're saying Aguilar's, you're like, dude, that's crazy. And they're like, Phil Aguilar, come out with your hands up. And I'm like, I mean, this dude, the whole the whole neighborhood can hear it. And I'm looking, I'm looking like, and I tell my wife, oh, MJ's getting a... Uh, they're busting MJ. Let's get out of here. Like, let's get out, like get our stuff. Let's get out. I think they're raiding MJ. So I'm like, yeah. we got to run, you know? And you got to remember, we had all our Harleys there. We had nice cars. We had, there was Bentleys, Mercedes. There was still, I mean, we had like nice, we, and dude, like literally we go out to we go out in front of our house and I get my wife and kid and her step and they, they, and I, now I know they're getting us too. And they have tanks and they have, all I see is info reds. My daughter had no shirt on. She's one years old, Ava. And all I see is like 50 or 60 infrared beams on her body. Oh. And you got to measure. If I make any move, they'll, they'll shoot. They shoot now, as yeah. you can see. So this wasn't, they had every reason. They were coming for the biggest, they were coming for, this was it. They spent all wasted tax dollars on this biggest raid in Orange County history to get Pastor Phil. That's who they wanted the most, just so you know. They had like this hierarchy. It's like him, then me. I was his hitter. And then and then another guy, my little brother, and MJ. They had this whole, like like the movies. They watched a lot of movies, you know. And um, they wanted my dad, though. They wanted to put Pastor Phil in jail for the rest of his life. You know, for whatever reason, that was just the, the guy they wanted the most. So my dad was hiding in the back. My dad took a shower because my mom looked out the window and, and my dad's like, she heard a commotion. And my dad's like this. Oh, it's probably just, unless it's early in the morning. He's like, it's probably just chilling them out there fighting with those other guys. That's my dad's thing. And that's how nutty he was. Like, oh, they got it. They're good. They're, they're tough. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just, and then she's like, no, my mom could see because surrounded all the, the houses are back. Uh, my brother's house and ours connected and like a big pool and stuff. And then on the roofs, all she saw was in camouflage fatigue SWAT team Jeez. with infrareds on her. So she's like, I think they're raiding us. And so he's like, he took a shower. Uh, you know what I mean? He did his thing. He's like, he wasn't rushing to get out there. And literally my wife, they grabbed my wife's, uh, our son, stepson's. They grab uh, me and they drag us through the mud and start, you know, pretty much putting knees in my, I'm watching my 11 year old, you know, stepson's knee to their head and throw them through the mud. And I'm mm. like, dude, they're kids. You know what I mean? I'm saying, I'm going crazy. Like I'm telling the cops, like you're, you're nothing's going to happen. I'm thinking small. Like I'm just thinking whatever. I mean, I was yeah. big, but, and they, and then I, bro, they get us all on a line, my family. And they start walking us to the main street, which is Burkers, which is like, if anybody's from Anaheim, you know, Burkers is at that time. And like, this was probably around 637. Everybody's going to work. It's the most busiest street, bro. I remember it was like, all I saw was over like 70 uh, undercover units, all lined up gang units. And and then all I saw was like, like it was military. Like they're bringing that, that, that street was empty, like a movie, like dead silent, just us and that like empty street as we're walking, they're walking us to a gas station to be interrogated. And all I see is, um, Buses, paddy wagons coming in, and and and, and do they brought all all the toys, all tanks, twenty of them coming down the street, like coming to, and I'm like, what the heck? Like I was there, like what the heck happened? Yeah, and none of us knew because we didn't know what happened in the. Just so you know, like off wreck, like nobody knew what happened in the bar that day. We didn't know when we got stabbed. Just being honest, like you know what I mean. Just it was the fight. homie didn't say nothing. Like the homie did it. Yeah. He didn't say nothing. He was like probably you know like trying to keep on the down low, and um. So we get, so, so my family's all there. They're interrogating my wife. They're going crazy. They put us in the back of wagons. They start taking people away. And they're still saying like the leader of the gang uh, unit guy, they all wearing masks. You know what I mean? They all got masks on. Like uh, they're not, you can't see their face. He's like, we're going to kill your dad. He's not coming out. And I'm looking back like, you know, steps away. I'm seeing my house just in 
smoke. You know what I mean? And they're like, we're going to kill your dad. He's not coming out. I'm like, dude. I was like, I don't know where he's at. Maybe he went for a run. I'm like, I don't know what my dad was doing. But they wanted him out. And then I just see Paddy Wagon start taking everybody away. And uh, yeah, my, I got uh, and then And then I didn't know it was this big until they released some of us. And then I see on the news... My, one of my partners, you know, took us in his home because my family was all on the streets. They took everything. They wouldn't let my mom and all, all, but we had a lot of grandkids. My dad had a lot of grandkids and they wouldn't let any of them. They took our dog, little Scooby, little small dog. They put him in jail. And you know what I mean? Like crazy, like dog pound. So they, my family was all to like, they put him like a, like a safe house and they're there just getting interrogated and questioned. Is Pastor Phil a cult? Is this, where's the drugs? Where's the money? They got, they, they, they didn't, we didn't go back to the house for, they couldn't let us back. We couldn't go on the property for two days to the house. They tore our houses, bro. Like they, they, the, the anti-police peed on stuff. They freaking ripped stuff. They stole money from us. They stole all of our any weapon. We had soldier stuff like with knives and like cool memorabilia. They took all our vests. They took our wife's clothes. They took everything. I mean, bro, wow. they they had so much. If I show you the pictures of what they took, they took. I mean, tons of stuff. So we end up at a hotel, and my partner's like, bro, like one of my little guys, rest in peace, uh, Mexican Don. He goes, hey, let me, uh, let me show you what's going on. And he showed me the news. And, dude, I went to the bathroom and I threw up because I was like, if you would have watched the news, it was saying, Christian, the toughest gang in Orange County, gang, set free soldiers, and bike club, blah, 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 because they're protected by lawyers. They're smart. Us, they're calling us a gang. Now you just put us on blast. We're a gang. We never want to, you don't want to have gang enhancements and all that. You don't want to be involved with right. We didn't consider ourselves a gang. We just rode. We were brothers. No, the, whole, we the whole Rico thing. But I mean, bro, yeah, oh, Rico, that's what they're trying to do. So right. then, but imagine that being called like, they're not called a gang. We're called a gang. And we're like, yeah, we're not, we're not like the bad. We're not, but we ain't on, you know, it's a whole nother level. Yeah. So from then on, bro, like our websites got, our websites were crashed. Our soldier made stuff was everybody was trying to, and we had thousands of emails and letters and calls. People trying to join the club and start the club. That's how much they like want to be a part of our club it's after crazy. that happened. So a bunch of people got arrested. My dad and them were in there for a few days. Uh, then they released them. And they, it, went from, uh, it went from murder charges the first day on the news, to attempted murder charges to, uh, you know, all this stuff. Just a bunch of stuff. And then they found in the end, like the other guys from the other side, none of them got any jail time. Just our guys did because they, they fought it. You know what I mean? My dad just, they, my dad got like a, he got a few years probation for like a souvenir bullet from Knott's Berry Farm because he was a felon. Right, and then my brother got brass knuckles from Mexico. He got a few years probation. They took deals, you know what I mean? Because we they want to get us on a gang enhancements in Rico, and like you know, it was just my dad didn't have the money to fight it. They took all our cars, all our money, froze our bank accounts. A and E dropped us, you know what I mean? They dropped the show because they're afraid, you know, of like uh, they don't. They're like, oh, this is real life, right. you know. And then um, my dad from then on just you know he like changes. He was start changing his life, and then so so, so you're, after that you're pretty much scared straight. Uh, no, I wouldn't call it scared. I mean, in a way of like, I need to get my life right. No, I was more angrier. Still. Yeah. After that, I was like, we need to hit back. We need like, this is like, it ain't over. But remember, they took all our weapons. You're mad at our who, guy. though? You're mad at the police or you're mad at the club? I'm mad the, at the, the police. I'm mad at everybody. I'm mad at myself. So when did the change? So your dad's starting to change back. Yeah. Again. He's starting his church again in the backyard for right? the hundredth time. And, and they're still doing the club thing, but now, the, now remember, if you're a soldier in Orange County, they can arrest you right away. Right. That's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Yeah, like, so my dad's like, we're serving the Lord. I'm not wearing no patch no more. I'm done. Soldiers is done. So the day that happened, the soldiers, it was over. Soldiers, it's never, my dad is the soldiers. I'm the soldiers. My brothers, we all, excuse me, me, my brother, Turtle, I just started working a job, security job, just like, I'm done. You know what I mean? And remember, we still we still had people that were out looking for us. So when, when, when do you finally 
surrender. What, what would happen? Back. So after about a year there and going through all that, I told my dad I need to change. I'm gonna like end up dead or in prison here. Like this because your family? Because I know you have your, your wife and your kids. Yeah, my wife and my, yeah, my wife and my daughter. Yeah, they were just tired. My wife was working a job, and we just went and all got jobs because we couldn't do. We had no more church. We had no more bike club. We had no more club. Nothing. It was all gone. Everything that we loved again was taken from us, just like when we were again. a kid. So I was even I was angry. You know what I mean? And I don't. I was like a sitting duck. They took all our guns. They took all our weapons. Confiscate took everything. So you're like, so we're, we're sitting here. We're just gonna get beat down and shot. I mean, you know, it's just because, like, you know, it doesn't. It's not over. You know, what I mean, it wasn't right. over. Like we, and, and it is more gangster than I'm calling up a few friends. And you know, between me and you, like I, I mean, and everybody watching, like you know, I never told this story publicly, but um, the end of it was this. So stuff was still going on. People were talking. There was a few other guys involved, and uh, it was kind of like, hey, like the cops and feds were involved, so everybody's kind of just trying to stay away from each other, you know, peace. But there was one guy who stirred a lot of this stuff up, and he's no longer part of that organization, you know what I mean? And uh, he kind of, like, started this whole thing, right? And he's just a guy who, like, whatever his reason was for starting, whatever. So, like, my thing is he's the problem. He started this whole thing, so he needs to pay. So I told my brother-in-law and my little brother and a few guys that were left, like, hey, I'm, we're going we're gonna to take this dude. You know what I mean? Because, cause, like, we don't pay taxes. We don't do that. We don't pay nobody. We don't do this. It's not going to happen. Like, we're just not – that's not us. You know what I mean? Like, we're going we're gonna to do what we do. You do what you do. Sorry about, you know, sorry about what happened. Like, this is, you know, we weren't looking for trouble. It just happened. You know what I mean? And uh, it ended up being, bro, where um, I said, we got to take care of this guy. You know? And only a few people know this story, but I'm sharing it because I want to be transparent and let people know I'm a life that's been changed yeah. and that God's changed my heart. And basically, I end up, uh, I said, we're going to just smoke this dude. It's over. He's done. And I remember I had a dude who's a pretty high-powered dude, you know what I mean, who we had led to the Lord, right? It's crazy how it sounds. And, uh, it, but remember, there's a, there's a whole different world, like, that I was raised around. This is a, a Mexican, like, Southsider world of, like, Latinos. It wasn't like the biker world. Totally different world. Different. Cholos are a whole different breed. Yeah. Mexicans are that whole race is a whole different breed. They don't play the biker politics or anything. There's a whole different right. prison thing is a way different thing that I've learned over the years and had to learn. And uh, one of my homies, big homies, you know, he said we led him to the Lord, we baptized him. He's like, bro, I'm saved. I only carry 145, not two now when I go out, you know. <laughs> but he was very well respected, dude. And and I knew that we were done. Like, we weren't affiliated with no other club. So it was kind of like, you know what I mean? We were like, we were us. So we didn't have a big group. Right. So I don't know if we we're going to have to do this. I need some, we need some backup. You know what I mean? And uh, and so I asked him to help us with the situation. And we're literally five minutes out on our way to go handle business. And this guy used this, you know, high dude, high power dude, like, who's probably done a lot of bad. I know that. Um, he turned around and stopped the car and he told me and, and, and uh, he said, uh, Remember, I, I think about my wife and my kid. I mean, these are all things, and I'm like, and like, I'm like, super, just like, I just, I'm, not, I'll go to jail for the rest of my life to protect my dad and my wife and everybody, right? Because I figured once this guy was out of the picture, it was over. Like he was the one who kind of started the beef. It wasn't really right. an organization thing or a club. It was more like this guy. I felt like in my mind, this is my my yeah. feelings. So I uh, basically wanted to smoke this dude, and the dude told me, looked at me, and he talked like this. He goes, uh, "What are you about, bro?" That's how he talked, right? You know, little dude, like Joe Pesci looking dude. Like, so I mean, the hitters you see on the, you know, the big tattoos, the big tough guy. I, I don't, those guys, I see those guys get knocked out the quickest. I'm talking about these little guy, little dude, like with a lot of power. Yeah. Like firepower. Yeah. And a lot of connect, you know, gang stuff, like, you know? And he goes, What are you about, bro? He told me, and I said, What do you mean, what am I about? He's like, I mean, you're going to, I'm going to do this, but and you, we can do this, but, you know, there's no coming back from this. And now you roll with me, you know, like you're with us. I've always respected you because you never asked me for no favors the years I've known you. That's what he told me. You always handle stuff on your own. And he goes, uh, but once you do this, it's like, you know, you're going to serve somebody. You're going to serve us. Yeah. 
you're with us. Yeah, like, you're the you're the like you know. And we so, go to, so, we, so you got you're using this calling card. Yeah, because I and, felt like that's what I needed to do as a as a man. Because I was upset and angry, and I was like, "Hey, they ain't gonna they ain't gonna, they ain't gonna mess with my dad or my family." This is my way of being the hero. Right. And I, I wasn't gonna like I didn't care if I died, and I didn't care if I died. You guys, my wife, anybody knew me. I didn't care. Like I was down for the cause. I was, I love that. I love the club. I love my family. I was the first to be in there and throw blows and be back up my brothers. You know, it was what I love because I was hurt by the church. I was hurt by uh, family member, whatever. You know what I mean? I was like, that's what I love. That was like, that was where I felt like my, me and my, it goes back to me and my dad's relationship. We didn't have a great relationship. He loved me, but we didn't have no conversation. I didn't know nothing. But my dad loved me when I was like defending him. My dad loved, like when I, when I smacked somebody who talked bad about him, I felt like, he like that's my wow. boy. That's my boy. Yeah. So our connection so that, was that. That love was from that. From that. So I felt like I love this dude. I love. You know, I love my wife. I love my family. This is the way to protect them. So this which guy is terrible so thinking. OG. OG's like, hey, bro, what you about, bro? Are you about Jesus? Or are you about this? He starts preaching to me, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is crazy. Like I mean, I'm literally five minutes down the street from this tattoo parlor where the guy worked at. Like it's on. Like I mean, I was setting my mind. I didn't tell my wife and tell nobody because I do a mission by myself with him, and. uh and I remember telling him, like, hey, bro, if I don't make it, kiss my wife. You know, like, I was telling him, like, tell my wife I love her. Like, I did this for the family. Tell my dad. Because they, they knew nothing about it, right? This is just this is the story I'm telling now. Yeah. I told talked about my dad years later about told him about this. But um, I was just, I, I wanted to stop the madness. I thought that would stop it, which would have just made it worse. worse. And it would have back and forth. And so um, the dude started telling me about Jesus. And I'm like, bro, don't start telling me about Jesus. He said, man, Jesus died for you, bro. Like, and I was like, you're like, dude, you're supposed to be my guy who's hyping me up to do this, you know? And, and, and he could have wear very well, like, that was what he did. He did his thing. And, and he was like, you sure you want to do this? He's like, I got nothing like to live for homie. Like I got no family. I got nobody. You got a family. And I'm like, man, turn the car around. And from that day on, I went back and I said, dad, I, I, I took me and my dad were kind of beefing on some stuff. And I said, I can't stay here. Like, cause he was kind of riding still. And they were doing like, uh, the, the, they had, Took all the colors and all the stuff, but my dad kind of made new colors that were blacked out with every soldier. And I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to serve the Lord. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna. I can't do both. It wasn't like it was a bad thing. It was just like, why are we gonna put on something else? I'm only gonna wear one cut, and that was the that was the one that they took. Once the feds and them the the, the law took it, I don't want it. Like it's over. The club is dead. We're done." And we need to move on with our lives. We need to serve the Lord or we need to do this full time now. And my brother and us had a lot of people writing us to want to be part of the club. So we could have exploded right. and been big, right? But my dad was like, now nah, we're about Jesus. It. Shut it down. And then I, so I ended up moving to uh, Richmond, Virginia. My so, so now you're all in. For yep, Jesus? For Jesus. Well, I don't know all in. I didn't have like the come to God. Mo- I mean, that was a come to God moment. Maybe the start of it. I take baby steps to Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like it wasn't like all in. I still didn't trust nobody. I was paranoid every night, like waking up, looking out the window. Like, and so I said, I got to get out of Orange County. So my brother had a church in uh, Richmond, Virginia uh, called The Rock. And it was like just a, basically a ripoff of my dad's church set free, but his own way, you know, uh, own style. Uh, but it was like set free, you know, rap music, hip hop, a big How church. How you in Richmond? Uh, I moved there. I was there for almost three years. You and your family? Yeah, just I just took my wife and uh, my stepson stayed because their dad lived in uh, in the area, so they stayed. They didn't want to go to the country. They liked the beach, and so me, it just took me and my wife, and a uh, man like and my daughter. And I was like, I was been with my dad twenty nine years. That was two thousand nine. And my dad, of course, wasn't happy, but he was like, all right, I support you. Go, you know, Judas, you know, like he kind of gave that speech. And I said, he was more going because we were broke at that time. So he thought maybe I can go there and get some money because my older brother was super tight. He didn't really send no money to my dad or help out. I think he sent like, we were looking for bell money. and He sent like 2,000 bucks or 3,000 bucks. I mean, he didn't, he had a mega church out there built off my dad's, all the stuff he did, but he didn't really talk to my dad. It was weird. So I went out there, country, never lived in that. environment. I felt like I was a witness protection program. You know what I mean? I was like, God, why am I here? 
like, I don't want to be here. You know what I mean? And I really got depressed there and it got worse there. I mean, the first, you know, six months, because now my dad thought I was a coward for leaving type thing. Right. And I was like, I didn't leave. I just, what am I going to do there? Like, I'm going to go, I can't go to war with these guys. I can't do this. We're, you want to do church thing? I don't want to do, I don't want, I mean, like, I can't stay. Orange County and Anaheim, until this day, is like my, uh, it, it's it's like my Egypt. I know where to go, where to get in trouble there, who to hang around with. I just couldn't do it. I, I said, I'm going to save my daughter's life and my wife's, because it was going to be over with. My wife would have left me, daughter. If I didn't make a change, someone's going to happen bad. I knew it happened. I didn't care about. And so I moved to Virginia. My brother was like, hey, be in charge of all the music, you know. So that's where I kind of started writing like real worship songs and stuff. And it really was a, a, it's a beautiful thing. Some of my best friends are in Richmond, Virginia. But that turned out bad. More drama happened there. And again, I was like, dang, you know, with, with my older brother, I don't want to even give him that story. It's just a waste of time talking about it. And then I ended up having to make a decision there where God told me very clear, if you stay here and cover this sin like you've done before in your life, chill. You're, see, I'm, I'm a loyal dude. To people and my right. friends. I'm always a right. better lover in the relationship. I always go the extra mile for somebody. They don't do that for me, but I do that for them. I just I was raised that way, loyalty. And then I realized loyalty is not a biblical commandment. I realized loyalty is nowhere in the Bible. You know what I mean? It says be loyal to Jesus, to him, but not to a person or place or thing. So I helped my brother there go from 1,000 people to about 4,000 members with my music. It helped a lot. Brought in all this worship, and I started worshiping. That was part of the, it was all part of the, the, the journey. It was part of the change. Sure. Where I started writing worship songs, and then... um. Uh, people started falling out, you know, and like people started worshiping and crying. I didn't even know what was going on because I never felt that way. So I knew Jesus was working on my life. So were you, were you musically, I mean, you're a music inclined because of the rap days. I was just into hip hop. And then, and then about 2002, three started dabbling with worship. Because I, I think that's the trippy part about you, man, is that I, I listen to your music and it's a little mix of everything. Yeah, I have so many influences, man, from R&B to hip hop to reggae. I love it all. So the, so. so the music is what helped bring you back in? Save my life. Save my life because nothing would work. It's I, would, crazy. I would meet with pastors and they'd be like, "Oh, you're just in sin because of this." And remember, I was smarter than most pastors because I was raised you from the, the thing. I was ultimate. My the, dad, you knew, you knew the yeah, talk. yeah. Like my dad taught me, like you know, well, what about you? And I would call. I mean, my dad learned a lot from my dad. Like those things were like yeah. I would call the pastor out on his stuff. By the end of it, I get the pastor. I could be counseling him by the time he's supposed to get. So right. I was there for three years. I love it. Some of my best friends are still there. I love uh, Virginia. But um, I didn't want to leave. I had a nice house on on the uh, on um, like had a stream in the backyard. It's very peaceful. I ended up loving it. But still, it wasn't you. What, well, no, I just I couldn't stay there because of the situation with my brother. You know what I mean? I want to get into that, but you can Google that. It's very Googleable. It's no secret what happened there. And uh, and I took a stand, and I'm glad I took that stand. And I defended broken people who were being hurt. And um, again, it got more of my family were mad at me. Didn't talk to my dad for a lot of years because of it. A lot you know of what I mean? Ups and downs again. A lot of ups and downs again. It's like you know, and I'm just thinking. I think about my dad's life, his ups and downs. I think about my own now because now it's getting. I'm 40 and I'm about to write a book and stuff. Uh, and so like I'm getting like, and I'm being 100 transparent and honest with people. Before Seth Free is very here, no speak, no evil. If you look at interviews, there's no interviews of me talking to anybody. You're the first guy I ever talk about about some of this stuff. Um, I don't talk about it. I'm like I'm a secret code guy, but the code's over. Streets ain't the same. It's not the days it was. It's not about, you know what I mean? Now it's about saving a life through my what, testimony. Where did the change come for you? The change came in Virginia when I went there, and and, and, and that was um, 2009, 2000. But about a year there, I'm like, man, I'm going to stop. I don't want to keep on telling the same sad, small stories. I'm going to keep on living the same sad, small life. So I got to do something. I got to change. I can't be a victim. You know what I mean? And remember, my I love my dad and family very dearly. So remember, I couldn't go back there now. And now I'm stuck here in Virginia with like with my brother, who like, that's a whole other story if you Google it. And I just want to do the right thing, man. I just wanted to serve God. I just want to, I felt like, man, like, I don't want to be phony. I don't want to like, I, like, 
My brother told me one time, Geronimo, that was there. He goes, I brought you here because I saw all the years how you defended dad. So I thought you would defend me like and let nobody mess with me. And I'm like, bro, I came here to do music. I don't want to, I don't want to fight no more. And then my anger was still there because I was so, I just came from a raid. So, and, and from, and violence and gangs, a lot of crazy stuff. So I got there, bro, I was on stage. If you watch some of the videos that they posted from the church back in the days, I'm on there and I'm still having, I started drinking when I got out there the first maybe six months. I never was a drinker. I was so depressed, bro. I didn't like, I didn't know where I, I, right. I was so used to the gang mentality and being around my brothers and writing. I was just now just thrown, bro. God's like, here you are. Deal with your, you're with your wife now. She's your, she's, she's the real soldier. She's the one that like you should be spending time with. Here's your daughter. You're going to raise your daughter. You ain't seen her for the first two years of her life. You're going to spend time with her. And I'm and I mean, I literally, my wife would walk into our house and I'd be like laid out on the floor drunk and I'm a big guy. So she'd be like, walk, just step over me. Like, and my wife just started the change was I wasn't going to complain no more. There's bad stuff going around me there at the church there. But I was like, nah, I'm going to like just serve the Lord no matter what. I'm going to be a man of valor. I'm going to be a man of honor. And I started just, and then I connected was with my Was it because your family? My family. My wife and daughter wife saved and daughter. my life in music. Started writing songs. And then I started writing things about myself and things I'm going through. And I'm like, wow, this is. I mean, when I hear stuff. your music, man, it's it's pretty vulnerable. It was from a broken place. A lot yeah. of some. And so, so then I end up um, leaving Virginia. You know, not by choice, but I knew God said, hey, if you stick around here, and then that turned out all bad. You know what I mean? Once I left, I mean, and then I was a hated guy for taking the stand, which was a whole other chapter of my book. And uh, and I want to be honest with people about, you know, I come from a Jerry Springer family, and I believe everybody has a little Jerry Springer. So I'm not ashamed no more of, like, the stuff my family's been through. I'm not silent about it. It can save somebody's life. I'm not I'm not silent about our things we did to manipulate people or get people to believe in us or, you know, I don't, I, I'm honest because that's why I can help leaders, I believe, and so can my, that's what my dad does now is help leaders not to end up like us or what we did right. back then, you know, because uh, power and pride's a heavy thing and God gives you a gift and you're supposed to lay it back down at his feet. Is, not is, run with it. Is the Christian walk one straight, smooth line? <laughs> no. Uh, not for me, you know right. what I mean. It's more like a, you know, it's been yeah, it's been a rocky road. You know what I mean. It's been a, it's been times you know uh, sitting on the sidelines and complaining and not wanting to get in the game. You know what I mean and right. cry baby. You know and I had spiritual Gatorade thrown in my face by a few good brothers. And it was crazy that when I came back from Virginia, I was even more upset though because I was hurt. But I knew God was working on my on my heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I got back and I didn't hang around with the old crowd. I had a few of the old brothers wanted to hang out and ride. And I'm like, guys. I got to do the right thing. And I was super upset and sad that I was back. And, and, but then a few brothers reached out to me, a friend of mine named James, a few people started loving on me, you know, like started like bringing me and they just started encouraging me. They're like, bro, you're worthy to the kingdom. And they just started speaking life. I was a guy who felt like I was done a lot. Like my dad, I was over, you know what I mean? I, I, I all those things I didn't like about him at times when well, he acted, I was acting the same way. My wife said, she's like, she started playing. Like, uh, I didn't want to hear no pastors. Just so you know, right. She took me to a few churches and I got up and walked out. I'm like, it's a joke. She's like, why don't you like it? I'm like, well, that pastor's hair's too perfect. Or I see him with a girl, a secretary girl, he's probably sleeping with her. I mean, I'm just being straight transparent with you. This is how, yeah. I mean, it's a long time. I don't got to press no church or nobody. This is what I do. I make my own money. I was like, I don't want that no more. I don't want, this is a joke. The church is a joke. I still felt like the church, I was hurt by the church. And then all these people that were hurt by church were hitting me up on, you know, Instagram. They wanted to like, no, how do we, they were asking me for help. I'm like, well, I'm still working on how to deal with the church. And, you know, and then yeah. they're like, well, let's do our own. So I started doing little ministries slowly, you know, and I call them a church. And then me and my dad weren't talking for a lot of years. Then we reunited and I just, I forgave him. He forgave me. You know what I mean? And we just loved on each other. And I realized I got to start talking to him about all the things that bothered me about him. And he's got to tell me about things that, you know, what he was grew up with and what he went through. And I, I think that's he, the most powerful thing. I think, yeah, I think he did, God did all this because I have like the best dad and family relationship I've ever had. 
You know what I mean? In my life, and uh, I'm getting my dad at his best years. He's the best guy I've ever seen. I mean, he's he's 100% Jesus. No, he don't let no room for any other madness or drama. He don't get prideful. He And, and, and that taught me. So me and my wife give back and poor, don't have no money from Virginia. I mean, just bad times, right? It's just, again, certain. But people started praying for me, and I could have went the other route and went uh, been gangster again. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to write songs. I kept on putting out music. I kept on putting you know, stuff in it. I kept on... and and, and uh, then we moved to uh, Burbank. I had an opportunity there with the Church of God. They gave me an opportunity to uh, go there, and they had a building there, you know what I mean? So I was like, my dad's like, hey, my dad's like, I know you don't do ministry no more like that. Do you want to, you know, I was like, yeah, cool. You know, Pops always still had the connection to yeah. to stuff, you know? He just had the magic, you know? And I'm like, thank you, you know what I mean? We weren't even cool at that time. I just didn't want to live in Anaheim. I was in Anaheim, I think, and I don't want to be near him. Right. Or near him. I was still, I still a little bit at war with, in. yeah, yeah, still at a war. No, it was just, I just didn't, we weren't even at the relationship we are now. This is like six, seven, six years ago. Moved to Burbank, uh, had a church there, fixed it up, made it didn't look, I made it not look like a church, you know, like, you know, took out all the pews and stuff, me and my dad. And I started doing ministry there on Saturday nights, just music. This, I, I now, catered, this is Studio 64. Studio 64, right? yeah. We're the work of God's hand type, Isaiah 64. You know, we're the pottery, he's the clay. And uh, and um, all those different scriptures that talk about, like, more of the arts. Because I'm, I'm in a place where 95% of uh, television, film, and movies done there in Burbank. So, it's like Hollywood, Burbank, and I was like, it ain't going to reach them no more. Studios, with the, Yeah, yeah, stuff. studio. So, it ain't going to yeah. reach them. So, my wife thought of the name, and I was like, cool, the scripture, studio. So, I have a recording studio there. I do uh, uh, my groups there for like AA and NA and all that stuff and all my, my clients go there that uh, are in the company and they go there and they do uh, meet with counselors and do all the cool stuff. We use it for just a 24-7 place that people uh, can get help, but we don't play off the church or I don't even like, you know, tell people like, oh, come to church. I just, we have a... You don't need their money. No, we don't need... No, I, I'm my own offering. I pay my own offering. I get, you know, I don't ask them for money and I don't, I don't want to be dictated by some giver. I'm right. not doing it no more. I'm too. I've been through. I've been through the church. You know, uh, you know, drive 200 miles to play somewhere, and they give you, you know, gas. <laughs> they give you 25 dollars in gas and pizza and punch. Those days are over. Those days are done. Yeah, I mean, I paid my dues. Everybody should do that. If you're a musician, guy, guys hit me up all the time. Like, I want to be like Pay you. I want to do worship. I want to go. Yeah, go get in a van and travel the world right. with no money the and do it way. for Jesus. Just do it for Jesus, bucks. So, so let me. We got to wrap this up. I know you got to get going. What is the story of chill? You can sum it up in, in, in one, two sentences. What is the story of chill? I, I mean, it's, 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 it's unwritten. Yeah. I mean, right? I'm just getting going but up until I mean, this I'm point. Just get, I'm, I mean, like I, I became a, a businessman in the last few years. Like you wouldn't believe because I'm not going to sit around trying to sell CDs my whole life or t-shirts. I'm just not doing that. I want to, uh, I want to put out t-shirts. I want to just put out t-shirts and give them yeah. away for free. Uh, uh, you know, cause they'll, you know, churches, they'll tend they'll Hey, can I get a free CD or free shirt? I'm not doing that. My thing I was ready to just give it away. But yeah, I guess me is this. I was a church boy turned hurt boy. And now I know my worth boy. And once you know your worth, David and the story, I know my worth and I didn't know my worth all these years. I tell people I'm a worth whisperer. I tell people you need to learn your worth. You need to know how valuable you are, valuable you are to the kingdom. Once you know that, nobody can say nothing about you. Nobody can talk bad about you. I got some it's people. It's a good that, place. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place. I know my worth now. I know what I'm worth in the kingdom. I right. know who I am to Christ. I know that I can. Land, I, 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 God wants to take me to the land of milk and honey. I don't want to be a poor Christian. I want to get there. I want to have nice things. I want to take care of my family. I don't want to live that like, oh well, I'll just be humble and take whatever the world. Now I want to have the best. This I want to have the best music. I want to have the best. I never shot for that. I I was writing about brokenness. 
uh, 20 years ago in worship songs when nobody was even going to even touch that subject, Christians, because they'd be shunned. And now everybody's talking about brokenness. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a trend center. I'm a guy who I have a, I can be proud of my, uh, my past because it's made me who I am today. I used to not be proud of sure. my past. Now I'm proud. I embrace. I love my family. The Aguilar family, they're amazing. We've done amazing, amazing things just like your family has, just like every family has, you know? So I'm just, I'm just a church boy and turn hurt boy. Now I know my worth boy. I, I tell people that, that all the time. I know, I love that. Know your worth, know your purpose, know what you're here for, know who you are. Can nothing move me, man. Nothing. I get, I get people writing me all the time, and like you know, there's, uh, I get you. You get more bees with honey. My dad taught me, so I've learned just let stuff go. Love people where they're at. They're not where I, I look at youngsters going crazy and stuff, bro. I just laugh. I'm like, hey, like they're arguing with people in the church, and all oh, the church don't understand me, or these people don't support me. Support those who support you. I'm like, bro, I support people that don't even support me, but I don't waste my energy. I don't expect much from people. They're gonna be who they are. Right. They're gonna look out for themselves first. I'm just the guy who looks out for everybody still. You know what I mean? I protect, I, I, I always tell people, like they say, no weapon for me against shall prosper, right? Now, it's a new day. No negative energy against me shall prosper. That's what I tell people. Like because basically, yeah, yeah, and my thing is that, like, and I'm a weapon to myself. I, people don't realize, like, at the end of the day, it wasn't my dad. It wasn't my childhood. It wasn't the Seth Freeman. It, wasn't, it was me. Right. It's a me issue. It's I need to get real. I have a relationship with God. You know what I mean, bro? It's not through my dad. It's not through the church. And so so for me, it's like, at the end of the day, it was me. If I make a mistake tomorrow, it's me. I don't, we blame. We like to blame. And Christians love to do it. We love, it was the devil. It was, no, it was me. You know what I mean? I did it. I got a face. So when I say all I can be is me, that's me. Like it or love it. I've been told many times, uh, David, like, hey, man, fix your face. Like, don't look that way. You look too hard. You look this. Don't do this. Hey, man, you be bigger in the Christian music. And you're, I, I, I go, be, that wouldn't be me. Right. I do whatever I want. I make any kind of music I want. I make trap. I make R and B. I do whatever they go. Why you do that? Because because I can. Yeah. I, I, I just I was, want. <laughs> I was listening to your music this week a lot. And thank you. Uh, thank you. Some Johnny Cash. Oh yeah, it's my idol. There's some Stevie Wonder in oh, there. My idols, right? Yeah, I, my idols. I, I, there was a couple songs where I was like, "This sounds totally like Stevie Wonder." Yeah, right here. I rip off all those guys. They're my. Those, uh, we're bad. I always say we're some bad. rapping. We, some we're, reggaeton. Reggaeton. I was like, this trap. Guy, yeah. It's. I, I'm gonna have to have you back, man. To talk about some of your yeah, I'm music. sorry. We get off on other stories, and you know, there's, but, a, lot, uh, there's a lot. This is my longest podcast, man. Sorry, hey, if you're watching it still, that means it's a good podcast. It's, it's legit, though. I'm sorry, I, it's a lot. It's a I, lot I, of history. I think, I think the, a lot of history. I think the biggest takeaway for me, man, is you never quit. And I think whether it was church hurt, hurt from your pops, the law, people <laughs> hating on you guys. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of your music, you talk about not liking yourself or the, what your appearance. Yeah, it, it, never, was, it was never was, those people. I struggle with being fat. I struggle with all that. See, I'm a was, realist. You know what I mean? Was, I struggle with abuse. It was so much. It, it, here's the thing is that, like, it, it never, for me, I never, I come from a family of Vero. My dad was a Vero egotistic. I mean, the guy's 73 and still looks like he's 40. My point is I come from that. always having to fit in, look this, competition, relatives, family members. It was very, very tough growing up in that situation. But it made me who I am today. And I, I, I think that's the most powerful thing about your story, man, is is all that negativity. The, 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 they say that the best songs are written in pain. And when I and when I heard my you, best, yeah, yeah, when I heard your 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 music, which is a ton of music on Spotify and everything, I could hear that. Yeah, I'm but, like, but, I got, but, but I got hundreds it, albums that it, didn't come out. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't come off though as um, egotistical. It doesn't come. It comes off like I can I can feel it, and I was. Knowing you, and I've heard your music, but when I really listen to it, I'm like, and I hear this story, and know everything that you've been through, yeah. whether Googled it or whatever, heard about it in the church. 
it's um, still yeah. it, it means so much more now. I think. Yeah. And and and, and, and I give you props, man, because you. you made it through. And I mean, it's still it, it's, standing. Yeah. I, it's, a, it's a great. It's a great testimony. I mean. That I mean, if you write that book, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm writing the book. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd buy it cool. because it's 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 insane. There's one and, person that would buy it, and and I think that a lot of people think that, or could think you're lying, tell, tell, telling, making up stories. But when I, you know, people, you've been there, you've done that. This is all legit stuff, and and like you said, you don't have to, uh, make it up. It's all there. It's it's all on the computer. Bro, Street Gospel is the first podcast you ever hear me talking about. I appreciate stuff. that, man. I mean, so I'm saying, like, the reality is it'll show, but history don't lie, and videos don't lie, no. and music don't lie. I always tell people, like, oh, yeah, I was rapping, singing before. I remember Sindog from Cypress Hill said, hey, bro, this was 20 years ago. You should, he heard me and my brother rapping somewhere. He came to see us at a show, and he goes, you should be, like, a rapper-singer. Before the, you know, the all these guys are singing on rap, but I don't get mad at that I just said I'm a, I'm a, you know, before yeah. Ty Dollar Sign, I was doing that, but I don't hate. I, I love the younger generation. I'm a, I'm the dude who throws gas on people's fire. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm that guy. I don't throw. A I've always taken that from you. I always yeah. taking you as a positive dude, like never, never a hater. That's the last never. thing I, I, I don't need to be. I'd probably be more of a hater than you. I don't need but, to be. But, but I never talk music. Seen you. I've never got that impression. Well, there was one time in my life that, like, I was super negative and, and angry, and that's why I told you my wife was a big part of. She, I wouldn't go to church, and I did. I hated it. This is when I came back to Virginia real quick, and she started playing me all these, uh, um, not Joe Olstein, but like all these like very motivational dudes, like they don't even saved. You know, what I mean, like Les Brown, all these guys, and dude, they really did help my life. A lot of these motivational dudes, like, just inspire me. This guy Tim Story is a friend of mine. They just, they just spoke life into me. Right. They weren't up there Bible bashing. They weren't up there telling me what a terrible. I didn't even know the person so telling me how terrible. Just need somebody was. to be your friend, and that's what exactly. And then they, they were friend me when I was a sinner and I was broken. And then from then it was like, man, I never forgot that. Now I just want to encourage people. I want to uplift. I don't got time for drama. They got drama. I don't talk biker politics. I don't talk gang politics. I don't talk any of that. All that stuff can miss me with all that. We talk about it now because that's the past. But the future, nah, people ain't going where I'm trying to go. They're not built for my destiny or yours. That's why they're not going with us. That's why some people get upset when they see the change. Some people can say, hey, chill's changed, but he's, you know, probably, what? it's like, no, man. Because they ain't changed. You ain't changed. You're just, you, you're the same person you right. were. I've changed. So, yeah, man, I just got a beautiful life. I got a beautiful wife and kids. I make more money than I've ever made in my whole life, and I and you know what? I get to bless people. I get to, I get to give it out. I don't have to like be that guy who makes it and be prideful. No, I want it so I can help more people. And so God has made me a great businessman. And music now is just for legacy. Right. I just leave it for my daughter, Fun. and she can have it. I don't care if anybody buys the records. I, I see care. her singing now. Yeah, oh, she's killing. She's better than me. And I don't care if churches invite me. I don't want to play church. That's not my deal. I'm trying to sell a CD to them. I just put out music now for legacy and for the love, love and that I can create. And I'm so grateful God gave me the greatest, I mean, to create is, and bro, I get email, I can show you thousands of people that over the years who have said, I want to kill myself, I want to die before I listen to your record, and that changed my life, and this, and so, so that right there alone is worth more than any acc accolade yeah. or thing, you know what I mean? I'm just so blessed, and I'm just grateful that you gave me the opportunity to share a little bit of my story. I appreciate on you, here. Right on, homie. I appreciate you. Hey, before we Can you we give go a fist pump? I mean, Corona, I, could, I don't want you to, you know, get it. I'm going to get Corona. We'll I'm gonna have you back because I know Corona affected your your, your church. We yeah, I'm gonna, not me. I'm gonna put you on mute right now. Not you, but uh, and then uh, your music, man. We gotta sure. get more into Let's that. Let's do another one. But, God but, bless. But, but hey, check this out though. Before you leave, me and Camel. I know he he's over there Camel's somewhere sleeping. We got a little. We got a little thing right here. It's five questions. You gotta make it quick, though, okay. Joe. Furious Five. I'm not a quick question guy. You gotta be. One sentence. If old chill 
can go back and tell young Chill something, what would he tell him? Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. That's huge. Favorite musical artist of all time. You only can pick one. I know you kind of said it a little while ago. You only can pick one. I'll go with Stevie Wonder. I, was, I thought you would say yeah, Stevie. You got it. I okay. thought you would say Stevie. Yeah, man. You probably know the answer to this. The person you look up to the most. Well, you want the spiritual answer or the just the truth? The truth. My dad. Your dad? Yeah. Still. Still this day. That's amazing. Overcomer. Overcomer and an example of what grace and love looks like with Jesus Christ in your right. life and how you he's just a winner. I never met anybody that wins as much as him. You know what I mean? Many right. failures, but wins. Wins. I like winners, bro. Wackest music out right now. <laughs> I know you're not a hater, but I'm just saying. I don't want to hate, bro. I mean Christian music? Oh, any type of music. I, to be honest, bro, Christian I music? I, I don't listen to much Christian music, so I don't know. Um, okay. I listen to my saying, own Christian music. You don't have to call out an artist, but no, I'm just I saying. But I, I couldn't even name any artist. You know what okay. I mean? I don't know. I don't know. What, like, what about like any music? Just this music, you're like, eh. I wasn't too excited about Kanye West's gospel album. You were, you didn't like the Sunday service? No, I like the I like I like the Sunday service. I think Christians like it because it's like the, I told you, no, it makes the, them their the choir heroes. one, the choir one. I didn't hear that one. Oh, I gotta get you that. I one. just felt like uh, for me, yeah, I just I wasn't big into that. But you know, Christians like we've been doing that twenty years ago. So no, I, guess no, I like, like the, you. I think you'll like the. Uh, I think you'll definitely like the uh, Sunday the Sunday service one, the choir. I one. like the new Big Sean. Big Sean's tight. It's tight. I see you with the Nipsey shirt. Oh yeah, Nipsey. Uh, rest I, in peace. I know, man. I, I, he was on his way. One of the best. Yeah, I yeah, like him. He was on his way, man. He he had it. He had it. There's a young guy, a Christian guy, I do like. His name's Purpose. He's dope. Yeah, young guy, really cool. All right, so we're gonna we'll go. MC Valiente, he's cool. There's a few Christian kids I know that are dope. If you could tell the church one thing, just one thing, chill. Let's make let's make it quick here. Church, one thing. What would you tell the church now? I'll kill you too. Love and for, forgive and love. Forgive and love. Just love them where they're at. Forgive them, man. It's, you know what I mean? It's not personal. They can never meet your standards, but just love them where they're at. That's why the churches are empty because kids and everybody are afraid to go back. I don't want to go back. There's no love there. Some love, man. Not all of them, but, you know, a lot of them. Just love. More love than law. You know what I mean? Me and my wife talked about that. And we said our kids could almost do anything, right? And we'd still love them. That's and Jesus. For, that's Jesus, right? Yeah, they got I, them twisted. I, I mean, yeah. My God's different, bro. He don't trip on all that stuff. Everybody says he trips on. Last question. Ooh, I gave you. I gave you six. This is, number, this, this is number six. So this is a furious six today. But I, me and Kevin were laughing about this one. You only can pick one of these rappers: Frosty or oh. T Bone. Oh, Frosty by far. Really? I ain't a T-Bone fan, yeah. You're not a T-Bone yeah, fan? I got a love for T-Bone. Okay. T-Bone, if you're watching this, I don't even watch, you don't even know who I am. I, know you. I don't know who you are, dog. I'm not a T-Bone. never been a T-Bone Boom. fan. Boom. There it is. You never okay. heard me bump T-Bone. Boom. Chill. He can come see me if you don't like it. Ooh. I appreciate you, Chill. Appreciate you. We, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Um, My man, Chill Aguilar. You can check him out. At Studio 64. Not 54. 64. You got to check him out at Chio Aguilar. Check out his music on Spotify. But uh, we appreciate you guys checking us out today. I know this was a long one. But hey, Joe Rogan goes for like four or five hours with good guests. Chill, he had a great story. 
me as long. It was interesting. But the most important thing to me was it's true. It's reality. So uh, we appreciate you guys checking us out. Got a lot more podcasts coming out. Uh, Stick with us. Check this out on YouTube, Street Gospel TV. Check us out on all the major podcast platforms. Street Gospel Podcast. Love you guys. Appreciate you. We out. We're going to have chill back, too. Sorry, bro. I should have sped up some of my questions, but it's like talking to a homie, so you know what I mean?